0: Hey, you kid,
1: Babe Ruth. What are you doing in my closet?
0: None of your business. That's what. Now I hear you got yourself into a pickle, so I came all the way from the afterlife to help you.
1: Well, thanks. See, I co-host this movie review podcast, and we got to review this movie called The Sandlot. And um, are are you snorting cocaine?
0: I never touch the old nose candy. That was Bull- Joe Bush's bag. This here is horse tranquilizers. Anyways, you were saying?
1: Oh, right. So, um, well, we got to review of this movie called *The Sandlot*, and we tried to review it one time before, but there were technical issues. Uh, uh <laughs> okay. No offense, Mr. Ruth, but usually people ask before helping themselves to my whiskey, my aged three hundred dollar bottle whiskey. Which is empty now. It's
0: not bad. I had to wash the taste of the tranquilizers out of my mouth.
1: That was the last present my grandma gave me.
0: Grandma, huh? She'll look good. The babe could use a little pine tar on the old bed if you know what I mean.
1: Wow, your pants just dropped to the floor on their own. Look, um forget my grandma, okay? She's dead.
0: Perfect! So am I. Oh hey, look! Little babe is pointing to field. Get out of my house! You play ball like a girl! Hello everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding.
1: And I'm Steve Shives.
0: And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is good for some, not so good for others. Right, Steve?
1: It really just uh, depends on what age you are, I guess, huh?
0: That's right. Now it's time for us to do our baseball movie, because we're self-indulgent a-holes and we force our likes upon our audience. Yeah. And so we're doing a baseball film, right, Steve?
1: We sure are.
0: But this time around, nobody's having any fun. No. Because the baseball movie that we're going to review this time around is called The Sandlot.
1: Yay.
0: With so much enthusiasm. Hey, Steve. Uh-huh. Hey, Steve, I know it's been a rough week. Yeah. We had to watch The Sandlot yeah, again. I did. Because last time, mm-hmm. the, the everything fucked up on it. Yeah. We couldn't do it.
1: then no, we have to do it again.
0: We have to do it again because we're men of our word.
1: We are. We said we would do it again, and we're doing it. No matter
0: it. how much it hurts, we're going back onto that beach that's called the Sandlot. We're going to pivot our way past the tank stoppers, and then we're going to get up against the banks, and we're going to use what are those things called that they use to blow apart the the sand? Uh, Kev- not Kevlars. What the Mechalars? I don't care. I'm going to World War. I'm I'm using literally. You're saying storming that- the beaches of Normandy. It's something watch this preferable movie. Yeah. than watching the Sandlot.
1: Yeah. I'm sure all the veterans in our audience appreciate that. Thank you for your service.
0: Mangalores, that's what they were called. Yeah, and sure, you, why
1: not? That's that and sounds made up.
0: Blew up the concertina wire and then you got in there and you you killed Nazis. You killed you kill them. I don't want to do this Why?
1: what this <clears> movie what this movie really needed was some Nazis getting killed. <laughs> I feel like that would have brought the whole thing up, you know?
0: At the end of the movie, when they they bring the dog up, he's like, oh, little (laughs) chicken. Thank you for bringing my dog Shotzi back to me.
1: (laughs) He's a Nazi. Get him, guys. (laughs) Then they just rush his house and beat him to death.
0: These imbeciles wouldn't know what a Nazi is. No.
1: I don't know, though. They apparently know a lot about the 30s
0: i guess so <laughs>
1: <laughs> these 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 fucking fifth graders from the 60s huge babe ruth fans
0: um they're not fifth graders they're like 11 or 12. well whatever okay yeah that's exactly our <laughs> review uh whatever yeah whatever hey steve do you have any trivia about this wonderful baseball movie the yes. sandlot
1: this wonderful family comedy is what great it's get it over with to be. just stop uh, just do it hey <laughs> This is the second movie where James Earl Jones plays a character who is a huge baseball fanatic.
0: What's be- the be- first one?
1: Field of Dreams.
0: Get out of town, I you filthy know. liar! I know, did, right? I don't remember him in uh, in that movie. Who did he play?
1: He played Terence Mann in Field of oh, Dreams. Oh, that's right. He was, the- like
0: became a children's book author. Yeah, and he they- was laying low, and Kevin Costner put his finger in his yeah. pocket and said, "Yeah, exactly." And then remember that great scene where yeah. they're driving along and they're talking about I lied during an interview. Oh, that was in a hotel room. Oh, that was so great. Mm-hmm. Let's recap that one.
1: Yeah. That's not Steve, a gun that's take it finger. away.
0: <laughs> let's run screaming at the field of trees. <laughs> yeah, let's run screaming.
1: <laughs> we come, we're just blowing, screaming out of the cornfield. <laughs> please, please, please. Um, no, but the funny thing is
0: Oh, it's there's a funny thing.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. In real life, James Earl Jones not such a baseball fan. No, no, not really a big baseball fan.
0: Nobody's perfect. No,
1: nah, nobody's perfect. Nobody's probably perfect. probably likes football. Probably, F- god, fuck James Earl Jones. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> boy, that took a turn, didn't it? Uh, yep. Sure, he's a lovely man and a wonderful, and he's definitely a wonderful actor. Uh, yes. Okay. Also. Uh, while they were filming the movie, because this was shot mostly in uh, Utah near Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and uh, and the weather was was as you might expect, huge
0: was, baseball state Utah. Uh,
1: everybody knows about the great baseball franchises in mm-hmm. Utah.
0: That's right, the Utah Magic underwear. Sure, they course. never play. I mean, they don't go anywhere all season, but.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, but they 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 have a they have a perfectly lovely little league and it I'm makes them all very such happy.
0: Such a bad mood, Steve. Yeah. I am I am not looking forward to this.
1: <laughs> um, so they were shooting the movie and it they actually shot it in the summer and it was very very hot for the most part. One exception to the hot days during filming was the day they shot the swimming pool scene.
0: Liberty Valance
1: The day. Oh, let's talk about that movie. Um, Jimmy Stewart was so good, right?
0: I keep Uh, trying to steer this train right off its tracks, and you keep putting it right back on.
1: The day they shot the swimming pool scene was actually overcast and cold. It was only about in the 50s, and of course, they had to be in in the pool the whole day, so the kids were like shivering and basically miserable. And I don't know. They probably should have taken that as an omen. They didn't. I know, but they should have they just maybe not shot that whole scene. I don't know. I'm just saying.
0: Should have, would have, could have. We still watch the fucking movie.
1: So finally, finally. Yes. Also during production, uh, this movie was shot in uh, 1992. And uh, the, one of the big movies that year was a little film that you might have heard of called Basic Instinct. And these oh, yeah. And these are all kids. That's you know the I mean? movie
0: where we see the pussy.
1: We see the ladies. We see the ladies' little hairs down there.
0: Yeah. yeah. She does the crotch shot. We it's see titillating.
1: She has genitalia.
0: What a surprise. Ooh. We thought she didn't have any.
1: We've never seen that before. Actually, well, here's the thing. Because there were kids, you know, they were like... They, and the movie was playing at a nearby movie theater. A bunch of the actors in the movie snuck into the theater to watch Basic Instinct, um, which is the sort of thing that teenagers do when they want to indulge their burgeoning sexual impulses, but don't want to assault someone. So it's a shame mm-hmm. that you know maybe one of the characters in the movie didn't choose to go that route as well.
0: Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But, you know, but
1: anyway, so that's my trivia about this beloved family film, The Sandlot.
0: Hooray. Can I do the people
1: yes, please. who did this to us? Please talk about the people who made it. Here Say the their names. the people who
0: victimized us. Say their names. <laughs> <laughs> it was directed by David Mickey Evans. And you know him from some such great movies as Ace Ventura Jr. Ah, Pet classic. Detective, and two of the Beethoven sequels. He's great. <laughs>
1: he's just, he's, he's really... He's, he's great. He's an alter you can tell, you know.
0: It was produced by Dale Della Torre. Nothing. William S. Gilmore, nothing. Written by David Mickey Evans, the guy who directed it. Can you believe it?
1: That's so weird I that said, he wrote it and directed it? it. Mm-hmm. How funny. It almost never happened. Steve,
0: I need you here with me. I'm here with Are you. Are you here with I'm me? I'm here with you.
1: I'm here with okay, you. Good. I'm not gonna leave you. Good. I'm here with you.
0: Also written by Robert Gunter. Nothing. <laughs> Starring Tom Geary as Scott Smalls. And uh, you saw him in Black Hawk Down in Mystic River. And also, you may have saw him when he got arrested for headbutting a police officer because he was too drunk to get on an airplane. Oh, good for him. Good for you. Way to disregard authority, you drunken (laughs) bastard.
1: Way to be a sadly typical child actor.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. David Mickey Evans, the director and writer.
1: How weird.
0: As the adult Scott Smalls, voice only. Ah. He's the narrator. He's
1: the narrator.
0: Arliss Howard as the adult Scott Smalls, as the person who gets no dialogue in the film, because guess what? The director wanted to narrate it, so we have three people playing one person in this movie. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you'll know him from Full Metal Jacket. He was in that. And he was in Natural Born Killers. And he was in Jurassic Park The Lost World. And he's, he's, a, he's, been he's, around.
1: he's a pretty good actor. It's a shame he didn't yeah. have anything to do in this movie.
0: He had zero to do in this. Walk into a room, sip some coffee, pretend to watch a baseball There game. you go. Mike Vitar as Benjamin Benny Franklin Rodriguez. And he hasn't done much of anything else except... him and a group of people assaulted an Asian-American man for giving candy out at Halloween.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: They thought he was putting drugs in the candy. He wasn't. He was just an Asian man.
1: Well, you can see so how they would make he, that mistake, though.
0: He got charged with battery. That's good. Mm-hmm. I told you I was in a bad mood. Please, but, I, hey, I, 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 I want to keep this If this going. appears in your first byline in the first paragraph of your Wikipedia article, you haven't done anything, and this is the most notable thing you've done. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm oh congratulations Mike Vitar for being a shit
1: yeah, I think Pablo... you I think you shouldn't have beat up that Asian guy
0: <laughs> Pablo Vitar, I guess his brother or something, as adult Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the youngest 42 year old player ever yeah, I'll get into that later. <laughs> Patrick Renna, as Hamilton Ham Porter, a whole lot of TV yes. Chance, chauncey laparty as michael squints paladoris nothing marty york as alan yeah yeah McLennan, nothing brendan <laughs> quinton adams as kenny de nuñez uh he was in french prince moonwalker and people under the stairs Grant Gelt as Bertram Grover Weeks, nothing Victor Demata, Masha, Mechi Who cares, who cares (laughs) Who cares if I read these, do you care Steve
1: I don't care, I don't know these people
0: Fuck their names, I don't care Fuck them as says Timmy Timmons, Shane Obazinski as Tommy Repeat Timmons, Karen Allen as Mrs. Smalls. You know her. She was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was in Starman. She mm-hmm. took a long break, I think. Yeah, and came back in in Indiana Jones and the Misguided Sequel. Dennis Leary as Bill, the stepdad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what the worst part about this movie is, Steve?
1: What's the worst part about this movie?
0: Where is Dennis Leary from?
1: Uh Boston, I believe.
0: They made a Boston man mm-hmm. pretend to be a Yankees fan.
1: That's true, they did.
0: <laughs> That's some Geneva convention oh, shit. Boy, right
1: there. I bet oh I bet I bet there are some <laughs> profanity laden tirades in between takes in in the I think he of this had movie. a
0: very uncomfortable Christmas when he came home after this movie came out. <laughs> Hmm. James Earl Jones is Mr. Myrtle. Do I? No, I don't. You know him. He's James Earl Jones. He's James
1: Earl Jones. Jeez. The famous baseball-hating actor.
0: <laughs> Marley Shelton as Wendy Peffercorn. Nothing. Art Lafleur as The Babe. You know him from a lot of shit. Oh, and Coink-Dinkley, yeah. he also plays an old-timey baseball player in... Field, Field of, Dreams. of Dreams. And Will Horneff as... Phillips. Ah, yes, Phillips. Couldn't I have made, love couldn't have that made role the movie without that character. <laughs> Music by David Newman, and he's also done Critters and Heathers and Bill and Ted and a bunch of other shit. Cinematography by Anthony B. Richmond. And I only wrote this credit down just for Steve because <gasps> he also shot Dirty Dancing Havana Nights.
1: Oh, boy. Speaking of misbegotten sequels. <laughs>
0: Edited by Michael Stevenson. Production company, Island World. They died in 1995.
1: No, what a shame. After
0: they produced a movie called The Cure, which is about two two teenage boys. And guess what they're searching for the cure of, Steve?
1: Cancer?
0: No. AIDS? Yep.
1: Oh, (laughs) That's I'm sure that's a great movie. How does that come out? Do they find the cure for AIDS or No, oh, and shit. it died
0: and it bombed and it killed the company.
1: Oh, too bad.
0: Distributed by 20th Century Fox. Release date April 7th, 1993. Running time 101 years. Sorry, oh, minutes. Minutes. Box office, uh budget 7 million. Box office 34.3 billion. I'm done. I'm done. Steve?
1: Yes, yes. Let's Jesse. put on
0: our baseball caps. Okay. And let's just play a nice game of catch instead of de- re- recapping the movie. Okay.
1: Can we, can I I, yeah, I would love to play catch, man. It's yeah, it's a beautiful day.
0: You're be very good. Got a strong arm.
1: Okay, I, I you know what? <laughs> I, I I do have a real baseball glove and not a a plastic toy that my grandmother got me for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs>
0: You mean somehow you weren't living in a hole where you didn't even know what baseball was?
1: Exactly. For
0: the first 12 years of your life?
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, well, that's good. I have no idea what sports are. Can you what? tell me? Tell me what sports are, Stephen? What are, What
1: are sports?
0: I am smart, and I like science. I don't know what sport are. So
1: you were playing with your erector set, and you just completely missed the whole sport thing. I was playing with something, the whole sport and thing.
0: erect is in it. You know, but I don't know if I have a set.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: I made a robot that helps me. You,
1: you never had, like, phys ed class in school?
0: Uh, what? <laughs> I had physics. <laughs> in That's
1: elementary school? That's how I learned school? to fill up
0: the rubber dish club with warm water so it feels better. Okay, nerd. On Let's my just, robot. Okay,
1: shut up. Let's. You're a nerd. On my
0: you're... robot that I made.
1: Shut up, what? Nerd. Just shut up. Just shut your nerd mouth. I'm taking
0: you're... it to science club. I think it'll be a big hit once I demonstrate it. <laughs> I call him Mr. Handy,
1: okay, you you need to stop why it's just you're making me uncomfortable.
0: I don't need sports, I have Mr. Handy, Okay, I,
1: well, I hope you and Mr. Handy are very happy together,
0: well, so long as we never run out of vaseline, and so long oh, as there's always boy. warm water,
1: okay, cool, what oh uh, nothing here, watch, oh no, 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 just put it, put it away, put it away,
0: Are, you sure, yes,
1: oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
0: got Mr. Handy. I got my mom to record some things on a phonograph for Mr. Handy to say while I play with him. Oh, don't! Please don't. Are you sure? Yes. Mom, I told my mom pretend like you hurt your thumb. She had no idea what I was doing.
1: Okay, you need to put Mr. Handy away.
0: Last week I took apart a cat. Oh God!
1: Oh my God! Let's talk about the movie, huh? What do you say? That
0: cat was soft. Oh. Okay. Hey, Steve. I think I've run this right into the ground.
1: (laughs) You're kind of a messed up little guy, huh?
0: My dad died when I was a baby.
1: Yeah, he was the lucky one.
0: Mom says died. Cop said killed himself. I don't know what that means.
1: Either way, he's at peace. So, you know.
0: All I remember is I was drowning some little kid, and my dad walked in, and then I didn't see him again.
1: Oh, okay. I gotta go now. No. No?
0: Mr. Handy won't let you okay. go.
1: Okay. I gotta go talk about a movie now, so...
0: I'm picturing our audience right now going, "What?
1: What's happening?" I didn't
0: watch the movie. I have no idea what he's talking about at this <gasps> there's point.
1: There's no Mister Handy in this film. <laughs> I mean, he's socially All isolated, right, but there's no indication that he has any sort of perversion of that degree.
0: <laughs> let's let's grab our hats and okay. our balls. Okay, us yeah. grab our balls. Yeah, grab gra- my balls.
1: I, 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 I got I got your balls, buddy.
0: Great, and our bit our, and our bats. Yep, and let's run into. The, Let's run into the world of the Sandlot, shall we? Let's do it. Great. Steve, please take it away. Hey,
1: there's a guy showing up at a ballpark. Actually, we don't know it's a ballpark yet. It's just he's walking down a hallway.
0: Which ballpark is he showing up at? Because I know for a fact in 1992, the San Francisco Giants, who we see later, was playing at Candlestick Park. That's not Candlestick Park, No, and it sure as fuck isn't Dodger Stadium.
1: I think it's supposed to be Dodger Stadium, though.
0: Then they need to pay someone a little bit better because their fucking grass is garbage.
1: (laughs) I'm sure it was probably so difficult to get permission in L.A. to shoot at Dodger Stadium. Uh, it's
0: not big enough. We look at it through the press no. box and we see the field. The field is torn up and brown yeah, in places. Yeah, it's not a good... It's
1: obviously... A show. Well, first of all, they shot... That's probably... It was probably the best-looking ball diamond in Utah. <laughs> I mean, they shot it in... U- I don't know... Yeah. So, they, it's probably the the finest minor league ballpark in the state mm-hmm. of Utah.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, and he's sitting down, drinking yeah. his coffee.
1: Yeah, and he's talking to us through his mind.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's telling us things like without his mouth moving.
0: What does he say, He's
1: Steve? talking about how uh back thirty years ago when he was a kid and he was dumb and didn't have any friends. No, no. He
0: opens with the story of the called shot. Oh,
1: that's right, because we've never heard this story before. Yeah. And well and, and that's the that's the mm-hmm. nice thing. He tells it as though he assumes we've never heard this story before. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it's
0: a good thing he assumes that because he tells it wrong. Yes, he does. We're thirty fucking minutes in <laughs> And he makes it that it was the last game of the series, and that their team, the Yankees, were behind. And um, it was at Yankees Stadium. Right. And it was in, like, uh, I can't remember where it was. Well, when in truth.
1: It was in Chicago.
0: It was in Chicago. Yeah. It was in the fifth inning of game three. They weren't behind. No.
1: He basically gets every significant gets detail of the story every wrong. Every
0: single fucking detail wrong. These are the first three sentences like, out of this fucking movie's mouth. Was Ruth like... even there? <laughs> but then he starts whinging on about how he met, this is the summer that he learned how to play baseball. Yeah. Right?
1: And he made the best friends he ever had.
0: And then they got into the biggest pickle.
1: Get used to hearing they... that phrase. Yeah
0: yeah because pronounced exactly Jesus the same Christ. every
1: single time
0: what does he say he says and that, that was in the biggest pickle we'd ever i'd ever been in or he'd ever yeah. been in or
1: yeah no but you said it wrong it's what? the biggest pickle he always says it that way no, matter, know, no matter no matter what else he's no matter what the context is and anyway mm-hmm. it, this was only a day before i would get us all into the biggest pickle we'd ever been in mm-hmm. okay
0: and then I walked away. Yeah. So whatever happened after that I don't know.
1: Leave me alone, strange man in the ballpark. I don't <laughs> want to hear about your pickle or your stupid friends or your stupid childhood.
0: Uh-huh. Then we cut to kids not playing on a sandlot.
1: No, it's not really a sandlot. It's
0: it's a it's a baseball diamond. It's a
1: baseball diamond. It seems it, It's in it, it's pro it's it's seen better days.
0: And then we get more more narration. Yeah. And I said out loud, a weak screenwriter uses a narrator. Oh, boy. <laughs> because he's like, I had just moved there two weeks before summer, and my dad had died. And we had moved here with my new mom, my with not my new mom, with my <laughs> old mom, but a new dad, a stepdad. And his name was Bill. And we moved here, and I didn't know how to play baseball. Yeah. And these yeah, are all also, things that
1: a better film would allow the audience to discover. I wear a blindfold and underwear when
0: I take a shower. Is that weird? I don't <laughs> think it is, but pretty sure it is. I separate all my foods into little areas because things of different colors need to be coordinated off. And even on my plate. And there was this one time where I found a dead badger and it felt good against a certain part of my body. Which part? <laughs> I don't know. But all this occurred before I got us in the biggest pickle there you go. we'd ever been in. My
1: body has an extra hole. You'll never guess where. But yeah, so he just moved to the neighborhood. He's like a yeah. he's, you know, kind of a small kid. He doesn't have he's a little socially isolated, socially awkward. It's right yeah. at the end of the school year, so he doesn't really have time to like make friends at school because it's almost right. summer vacation. Um and uh yeah, he but but he he sees the the kids at the, the sandlot kids. He sees them Not playing yet. baseball.
0: First he goes in and we have some stepdad food. Oh we, yes, where he's unpacking his office and he's like, "Excuse me, Dad. I mean Bill. I mean Daddy. I mean." Bill, Mr. Leary. William, William, Mr. Mr. Guy. Hey, guy who fucks my mom. Will you teach me how to play catch? And he's like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, sure. At some point. Before I'll you, b- before I, I die, I will teach you to play catch, yes.
0: Yeah. I don't want to have to come back in a cornfield <laughs> to play catch I'm with not, you, I'm okay? not playing
1: catch with you after I die, okay? I'm not doing <laughs> it. I'm not doing it. Okay? He's like, I gee, should have been thanks. doing my Leary. though. I'm not playing catch uh-huh. with you after I die, okay?
0: Yeah. So he saw the kids at school. Yeah. And he stalks them yes. to the sand lot. He
1: sneaks into the sand lot. And right. he he assumes a position in the outfield.
0: And he, it's just an empty lot that coincidentally home base does actually look like a baseball um a baseball diamond.
1: It looks like a yeah, they they stole a real home plate from someplace.
0: They yeah, I noticed that they've been stealing a lot of things anyway um he's watching them play and stifling a preteen boner while watching them play Mm -hmm. and uh he gets close to a fence and it growls at him and throws up dust and we're like oh no don't get too close to that (laughs) and then one of the kids hits the ball really high. And it makes a cartoon noise yes. when it's in the air. Yeah,
1: somebody plays a slide whistle off camera,
0: and he tries to catch it, but he fails miserably. Yeah, right? He,
1: he, yeah, it hits him, and he knocks. He he gets knocked down, and the ball goes rolling.
0: And all the kids laugh and yeah. laugh.
1: ha ha ha. And
0: oh no, the lead air kid actor can't act.
1: Uh oh, that's that's gonna be you know a handicap for this movie. I think.
0: What, does he mumble to himself? My life is over. Something like that,
1: yeah. It's
0: like, oh, no.
1: Characterization. Just say what you're feeling out loud.
0: Because he's been humiliated. He tried to catch a ball and it hit him, and he fell over. Yeah. And then his pants fell down, and they saw his penis, yeah. and they laughed at and it. And
1: it was small, and, even for his age.
0: And being twelve-year-old boys, they immediately came up with with a nickname, "wormy." And he didn't like the way that sounded because mommy said it always it was normal. I it would grow into me, not me into it. Exactly. That doesn't sound good. No. And when will I take a bath by myself without her being in there to make sure I don't drown? I haven't almost drowned in six months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. He picks up the ball. Well, because the ball is close to the fence where the monster lives. So he gets... he. Mm, he, he and this
0: is where the narrator repeats the pickle. Line yeah.
1: Again. <laughs> something, something. Biggest pickle of all time.
0: Of all time. Okay. Fuck him. Sure. I can't wait to so see what the pickle he's playing is. with Mr. Handy in his room. Yeah. And his mom comes in, sees Mr. Handy.
1: Smacks him in the back of the head. Says, go out there and make some fucking friends, you little nerd.
0: I mean, it's great that you're smart and all, but I need you to go outside I need you to go outside and skin your knee and go play and run around and Shop get lift, in some trouble. Get some girls yeah. pregnant.
1: Come on. You know.
0: Shoplift. Yeah. Fucking spread a disease somewhere. Steal some cars. Get, gain a reputation. Yeah. Break Knife a few windows. A yeah, exactly. Knife a cop. Knife a cop a and steal from the drugstore. Come on. Go on the lam. Get chased in a car that you don't own next to some woman who you only like because her hands are soft. Get a drug get habit. in a shootout. Kill a few people. Yeah. Blame me when you get when you get, when you stand up in front of the judge, say it's because you didn't have a good upbringing. Yeah.
1: You know, kid stuff. T-
0: tell him you saw me murder your dad.
1: Exactly. That'll They'll work. They'll never believe you. You're you're a disturbed
0: kid. Get the chair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Curse me with your final breath. Come on, kid stuff. Just normal teenage kid stuff.
0: Well, yeah. Exactly. Jeez. God. Little start terp. a cult. Yeah. Get in a standoff with the feds. Stockpile weapons. Stockpile weapons and children yes. as a defense. Yes, yes. I don't want to go down this road because <laughs> my jokes are going to get real bad Okay, in
1: okay, so anyway. I'm
0: in a bad mood and I'm going directly to Waco <laughs> and nobody wants me going there.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um... His mom jumps on his ass for not making friends. That's right. Uh, she's a good mom. You can really tell. Go out there and make friends, uh-huh. you loser. Uh,
0: but he doesn't know how to play baseball, so he asks his dad again. Yeah. To, to play catch, his stepdad. Yeah. And he's like, "All oh, fine, right. I was in the middle of quantifying this equation that will get us to the fucking moon. But, all right, fine, fine. I'll play, sure, I'll they play go outside, catch. Sure, I'll play catch. And we get a tediously extended <laughs> This kid's bad at baseball scene.
1: Oh, get used to those.
0: Can't catch. Yep. Can't throw. Walks the ball back to the other mid.
1: Yep. Multiple times.
0: Dennis Leary goes, how much am I getting paid for this movie? (laughs) How much am I getting paid for this scene specifically?
1: Like, It's not supposed to be good, though, right?
0: Can you call Jenny, my agent? I want to negotiate some things (laughs) because we spent all day doing this. I'm a funny person. I'm naturally funny. You've given me nothing.
1: Like, why did they even want me for this? That's I don't.
0: <sighs> but he's uh, he's depressed because his his glove is broken. Yeah. Because he got hit in the eye with a ball from stepdad. Because
1: his stepdad whipped one right at his fucking head.
0: And they stuck a steak on his face. Yeah. and he And he got food poisoning and it affected his eye. Now he's dead. Now he's sitting in front of his, on, on his stoop with a black eye from his dad. Yep. Just like all kids in the nineties. Uh, it's a rite of
1: passage. If you were a kid in the 60s and your dad didn't blacken one of your eyes, well, you, were just, you weren't in the cool club, you
0: know? Future baseball Jesus shows
1: up Oh, he's, that's exactly who he is And he's like, hey, we're playing at the Sandlot We need a ninth guy, what do you say?
0: Okay. I don't know how to play baseball Jesus
1: You just, I will show you everything you need to know Look, I've brought you a glove I'm giving it to oh. you of my own free will You can have it
0: Oh, you got it out of your back pocket somehow It still smells like your bottom It was my I glove will- and
1: now it's yours
0: Oh, okay. Follow me,
1: follow me Follow me I to will, the Sandlot.
0: You have become a fisher of yes. men.
1: <laughs> I will teach you to be batters of men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he follows him to the, to the Sandlot.
1: To the Sandlot.
0: And um, we find out that the kids are in a cult. Yes. They're in a cult about Babe um, Ruth. Yes,
1: they are. They are totally. They're just as excited about Babe Ruth as you would expect elementary school but kids in the early 60s to be.
0: Early, out of, out of coincidence, do any of them actually refer to him as Babe Ruth? No, they don't. They call him the Bambino. Yeah,
1: right? the Or or various other nicknames of dubious the uh, authenticity. Of Swab, yes. the, yeah, the King the, of Crash. <laughs> Who doesn't know Babe Ruth, the King of Crash?
0: Come on. <laughs> I'm sure it
1: was used in on the sports he's the pages. Duke wonk. of non
0: consensual sex. <laughs> he's, he's the high primate of illicit drug taking.
1: Yes, that famous nickname for Babe Ruth.
0: And here comes the high primate of illicit drug taking.
1: <laughs> Babe Ruth. Oh, he lets that one go by. Strike one.
0: No. Oh. And his pants are off again, oh, yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And the babe is furiously masturbating.
1: <laughs> he seems to have fixated on a young lady in the first row of the visitors' side.
0: Actually, this seems to stem from an argument that he had with Whitey Herzl <laughs> about whether or not he could maintain an erection.
1: Uh, I think this has put that matter to rest. Look at him he's go! He's walked
0: right up to third base, and he's staring him right in the eye. <laughs> Haha, jokes on you, Whitey.
1: Everybody loves the babe.
0: <laughs> He's now trying to wrestle a beer out of someone in the stands.
1: Ah, yes, the idol of millions.
0: You'll enjoy that beer bottle scar later when you tell him who gave it to you, Bub.
1: <laughs> Giving the ticket buying public what they want. Anyway, so Babe Ruth was a certain type of person. Oh, (laughs) shit,
0: he's noticed the press box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's coming this way with rage in his eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they all love Babe Ruth, but they never say Babe Ruth. No, they never say his name. Mm -hmm. So, um, they go go to the Sandlot, right? Yeah. And we find out that this 12-year-old boy... Not only does he not know how to play baseball, it seems like he doesn't know anything about baseball. No. At all. No. Like what an outfield is, what an infield is, what the bases are. What a baseball is. (laughs) What? What a baseball is. (laughs) Yeah, what a baseball is. Why do we have to wear these gloves? When do we all kiss? You know, things like that. What
1: are games? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um... So he tries, they try to get him to catch the ball. He can't catch the ball. And then baseball Jesus, at some point, he spits on the ball. Yeah. And then he hits it out to the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid, Smalls, mm-hmm. literally catches the ball by standing stock still and sticking his arm up in the air with his eyes closed. Yes. We get another cartoon sound effect as the ball drops down, and he caught it.
1: Yeah, you know what that is? Bullshit, well, that's what that is, No, Steve. It's, it's baseball Jesus' first miracle.
0: No, that's the little league coach taking you home to your mom and saying he's not going to work.
1: Yeah, he's he, he had one completely fluke catch.
0: He missed the bench <laughs> trying to sit on it, okay? I don't want him near my other players. He's a hazard. He's a hazard.
1: He's dangerously uncoordinated.
0: I honestly would put him up against a dangerous pitcher if they were tired. You know what happens when you put someone up against a dangerous pitcher when they're tired? They get hit by the ball. That's the only use. If he survived, he
1: would get on base. That's about the that's best right. I can say.
0: And even then, I'd put in a pinch runner. <laughs> the only way he's playing on this team is as a base. Okay.
1: <laughs> he's not going to make the team, is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: But what another amazing thing does he do when he catches the magic spitball? Uh, he immediately throws it
1: back. Yeah, because well, because Benny taught him how to throw by saying you just throw it like a paper. And of course everybody who's ever thrown a baseball knows it's exactly like throwing a paper. That's exactly. right. And
0: now he's all fixed and now he can play baseball yep. because of magic spit. He got
1: two two he got a very simple piece of advice for how to throw and baseball Jesus is apparently the greatest place hitter who ever lived.
0: That's right. That's right. And now they go home, and uh, Baseball Jesus says, you got to burn this hat. And he's like, I like my hat. And he's like, and you also wear you need to wear T-shirts and jeans because you're in a cult now. Yeah, you need to dress like the rest of us. we have a uniform. That's right. So here's my hat, and you can wear that. And he's like, thank you, Baseball Jesus. And he's like, not a problem. Go, Bye. Go in peace, my child. Up. That's right. Steve? Yes? Can we describe the other kids on the team?
1: Oh, God.
0: Before we go any further, because we've got to. Well, we've got kid with glasses. Kid with glasses. We've got redheaded fat kid. Yeah, there you go. Who's got a mouth on him. Yeah. We got tall kid with glasses with no discernible personality. Pretty much. Two kids that repeat everything. One kid repeats what the other kid says. Yeah,
1: and I think they're brothers. Who cares? I think, but yeah. One kid who says. We got a kid that says yeah, yeah, yeah. He says yeah, yeah.
0: Black kid. Black
1: kid. With with a Negro Leagues cap as well.
0: Oh goody! Ca- Did they think of that? Wearing a
1: Kansas City Monarchs cap because of course he would. Yeah, be... Yeah, I noticed that. Because of course a, a you know a young black teenager in the early 60s wouldn't be like a Dodgers fan or a Giants fan. No, he'd be a Kansas City fan. Well, they're not in
0: California, are they? We don't know where the fuck they are. I don't
1: know where... I mean, I I assume they're supposed to be in California because, I mean... That's a big assumption. Because because all the the baseball stuff is related to the Dodgers. Benny has a Dodgers cap. When he grows up, he becomes a, a commentator for the
0: Dodgers. Yeah, because the LA Dodgers have been in LA for four whole fucking years. Well, but still,
1: I mean, it's long enough to have a fan base.
0: I guess I mean somebody was
1: going to the fucking
0: games (laughs) but why are they filming in Utah why aren't they filming in LA that's a great
1: question man I don't get that that's a great question
0: anyway because it doesn't feel like LA they have like little corner stores and they they have a founders day parade it's not LA dude well maybe it's not
1: LA but it's somewhere in California
0: are you sure about I,
1: that? I, I assumed it was. Yeah, I don't think they're actually in Los Angeles, but it's. It, I, I assume it's supposed to be some kind of small town in California. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be just small town USA. They're not anyway, really. Anyway, then we have. Yeah.
0: then we have Benny, or the he becomes known as the Jet. Yeah, baseball Jesus. Right? Yeah. Hernandez, right? Yeah. Baseball Jesus. Yeah. It's nineteen sixty-two. Yes, it is. What magical fairyland do they live in? Where parents are okay with this situation with the kids?
1: uh this magical fairyland
0: <laughs> i'm i'm just here's the thing guys and this is going to be my big problem when it comes to the review but i want to deal with it now there is a certain level of unrealism in which where you cast people of color in in uh Uh, nostalgia movies and not nothing about that is addressed that it's just not a thing right you have two options you address the thing and it becomes important in the movie no matter how much you you address the thing or you don't address the movie and you paint an unrealistic picture of what was going on in the country at that time right right and so while I'm saying they should have done this my only problem with it was was that they cast it according to Hollywood rules in which we gotta have some kids of color in it okay and get them in there All right, it's the same problem that I had with Dirty Dancing, where everyone was lily white, for the most part. And no people of color were there, whether it was historically accurate or not. This is 1962, ostensibly the same time period. The same
1: rough time period, yeah, for sure.
0: And you have black and Hispanic kids and a whole gaggle full of white kids all playing together, and I'm not saying that wasn't impossible, it wasn't, but it kind of marks against what was actually going on in the country. If this was California... I don't know how to tell you this, but there was a whole lot of racism directed towards Hispanic kids. And I hate... And I know that's sucky, and it sucks to have to bring it up here, but I don't like tokenism either, where we gotta put someone in there because we gotta put someone in there. Should we address any of this stuff? No, we're putting it in there so we can kind of layer over all the bad stuff, right? Yeah. And maybe that's my problem with all of these nostalgic kind of movies, right? I mean, this is basically... This is basically Stand By Me with no stakes. It's literally set up the same fucking way. With the narrator at the beginning as an adult and at the end as an adult, and he's yeah. going to tell this funny story, right? But Stand By oh, Me, uh. they admitted they were in Maine, there were no black people yeah. <laughs> in, in the tiny little town of, of Derry where he grew up. So it's not. it doesn't strike you so hard in the face, but this one, this bothers me for some reason and i can't put my finger on why it bothers me so bad are the kids badly represented no they're seemingly smart talented kids right yeah i like that sure i like it but there's also a part of me that says i grew up in this fucking state and i remember <laughs> having his- and i remember having friends that were hispanic in the 1970s and it weren't great for them this is 1962 i can't imagine it was better then than it is now but Benny's, like, perfect. He, like, has no zero flaws. Yeah, he's, yeah. He seems to have acres of money. Have you know what uh, He's paying for shit uh, all over the place.
1: Until they need a baseball.
0: That's true. Until they need a baseball. That's true. When plot convenience comes around. Maybe he spent all of his money at the carnival. Who knows? Probably. But
1: Blew his whole wad there for, you know, to get him tickets to the carnival, yeah.
0: But the other problem is, is that they just become—they—they're not people. That's my problem. They're not people. If you take away any of their hardships or any of their you know, any troubles that they might have, they're not people. None of these kids have problems, do they? Not a single one of them. No,
1: except for the little bit about Smalls and his stepdad, which kind of comes. That's not and goes. even really a thing. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. just bullshit. None of these kids have any problems. None of them go to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> you want? The- I mean, they don't. We hear their back. We hear what happens after. That's true.
1: We get the fast times at Ridgemont High ending, where we yeah. we, we hear what happens, and it's like, no, they they were probably fine.
0: Not one of them is gay that we know of, right? I don't know. I don't, maybe I just wanted this movie to be a little bit more than it is at this point. Now that we know all of the main characters, I start questioning. Okay, well, I get it. These characters have been cast. But you have to be aware of this of the year and and what the country was like. Otherwise, you're just you're just basically sticking your ass out and saying, "I'm lying about everything." <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the major conceit about the why. At this point, I don't like the movie because it feels like it's a lie about everything, and it started right at the beginning when they couldn't even tell the called shot story correctly. <laughs> anyway, so
1: yeah, so they're all friends now. Yeah,
0: they're all best friends because he can catch a ball and he can throw a yeah. ball and he has a hat.
1: Yay.
0: Right? So, next day they're playing at the thing and a ball gets thrown, gets hit over the fence. Yes. And despite all of the clear evidence that this kid has seen that there is a monster on the other side of that fence, our doofus main character attempts to climb into the yard that he has been afraid of. We've seen him go, uh-oh.
1: Yeah, he, he, he has seen for himself. Yeah.
0: yeah, and they all come running up and they say, you can't do that. You can't climb in that yard because in there is, is a monster and it will eat some kid, right? Yeah,
1: oh, okay. Well, now that it's been <sighs> so we go,
0: But thankfully, one of the kids apparently lives next door. To yeah, because the they have a
1: treehouse that overlooks mm-hmm. the, uh, the junkyard, yeah.
0: Right, and... Um, they, okay, oh boy.
1: So they're having a sleepover in the treehouse.
0: So I will believe, I okay, Steve? <laughs> yes. Tell me what the ingredients are for us more.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, it's a graham, you need some graham crackers, and a Hershey bar, and mm-hmm. a marshmallow.
0: A toasted marshmallow. Yeah. Right. You toast the marshmallow, you put on some chocolate, yeah. you put some graham crackers over yeah. it. And they're not as great as everyone makes them. No, like. they're
1: really not. And it's the marshmallow. Because marshmallows aren't I mean yeah.
0: No, I mean it's a graham cracker for me because really? it breaks apart into nineteen well, pieces really hard try to, to bite eat. into Yeah,
1: it. it's hard to eat because of a graham cracker. It's super hard yeah. to eat. I'm just not a big thing. And if you're camping, fan.
0: which is where you normally have s'mores, yeah. now you have fucking Gross shit all over your fingers. Yeah,
1: and you can't, no, no that, way to clean up. That's yeah. right.
0: There's no way to clean you're up. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and hopefully a bear isn't licking your licking your hands going, oh boy, I hope this gets better. Yeah.
1: No. No, you're, so basically, the s'mores were a terrible mistake.
0: Does Smalls know what a s'more is?
1: He does not. In fact, they, they, they and have does, this, they, yeah. they, they have this, uh, quote, hilarious, unquote, uh, little, like, sub vaudeville routine. That would have been tossed out of the act of any hoary old <laughs> like you know Pocono's comedian worth a damn, um, mm-hmm. where he says where where Ham says, "Hey Smalls, you want a s'more?" and Small says, mm-hmm. "S'more what?" <laughs> and that's when the band would do like the rim and, shot, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, you know, s'more." That's
0: when he should have smacked him in the face. A s'more, you idiot! Yeah, he
1: should have. He should. Well, he should. He should have just. I mean, you know. Just said, "All right, never mind. Go sit over there." Yeah,
0: but instead, he Ham shows him how to make a s'more. Yes,
1: because we in the audience need to know how to make a s'more as well.
0: (laughs) Right, because apparently we're fucking idiots we need, as well. We need
1: a step-by-step breakdown of the s'more My goodness, making process. Dear, look
0: at that. He's, he's made a delectable dessert right. out of common objects <laughs> found in one's kitchen. Brother, and he roasted this marshmallow over the over the candles. Rather humble Shall ingredients, wouldn't that? you say? <laughs> mm, yes. We, we we'll, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll have our servant hold it for us while we partake of its graham crackery chocolate oh, boy. marshmallow goodness. I
1: hope he shows us how to roast a hot dog next. I've always <laughs> wanted to know how to do oh, that. Oh, and I
0: hope Smalls doesn't know what that is. What's that?
1: Why are you putting it on the end of that stick and holding it over the that fire, Fussly? That like
0: fussily? a penis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway.
0: Only Mommy puts things that are shaped like a penis in her mouth. Okay. What, Smalls?
1: <laughs> Let's tell the story of the dog. What do you say? Let's all forget we heard what Smalls just said and tell the dog story. Cool, cool.
0: They tell him the story that so then they okay. So the movie then turns, um, uh, ch- uh, turns into like I, I think they're going for a bad fifties horror movie. Kinda, yeah, yeah. It turns all black. It goes and black white, and white. And one of the kid tells a story that is completely not true. Wastes fifteen minutes of our time telling this story that isn't funny and features a puppet dog. Yeah,
1: a gigantic puppet dog. A gigantic is, puppet dog. Which is the best part of the movie. I guess so. <laughs> because at least when I saw, when I saw the first shot of the of the ridiculously huge dog, I laughed.
0: That's true. I did. Um,
1: too. but that's about it.
0: <laughs> but it doesn't compare to the in real life puppet dog that they have because boy oh boy, they use puppet in real life, not just in this fake made up backstory for the that's dog. That's true.
1: Yes. In real life, we see the dog as a giant puppet as well, most of the time.
0: And and it's stupid yeah. and ridiculous. Um, so the kid basically says he was raised to be mean. And he's the meanest dog in the world. They chained him up in the backyard and he ate a kid. The end. And immediately one of the kids says, that's not true. Well, why did we listen to why it? Why have then? we been why? sitting
1: here telling this? <laughs> why did we have this sleepover for the sole purpose of telling Smalls this story?
0: <sighs> I don't know. But, uh Wait, Steve. Yeah? And now it's time mm-hmm. for misogyny.
1: Oh, good. I was hoping there'd be some misogyny in this.
0: Mm-mm. So Squints and Flubber, or whatever the other name of the kid is, come out, of the, come out of the drugstore, right? And they see who?
1: Uh, Wendy Peffercorn.
0: Wendy Peffercorn. And the whole movie stops still, so that we can zoom in on this respectable pervert as he watches this woman walk down the street, give him a little smile, and then the camera literally just crawls straight up her ass mm-hmm. as she's walking away. Yep. While we cut back to this little kid yes, <laughs> basically panting and, and groping himself mm-hmm. over the sight of this girl, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it was gross. It
1: was very Steve. uncomfortable. But
0: I don't care if it was a little kid, a teenager, an adult man, an old man, a cartoon rabbit. I don't care who was standing there staring at the girl. It is one of the grossest things I have seen in a movie, right? At least now they try to hide it or kind of hide it.
1: <laughs> yeah, sort of, if they <laughs> when remember. When it
0: comes it. to, you know, when it comes to that kind of shit. But in this, it's just front and center. Hi, we're going to longingly gaze at this woman and her ass specifically, for a good two to three minutes of the movie's running Mm
1: -hmm, time. mm -hmm, Great, mm -hmm. great, great. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And boy, you ain't seen nothing yet.
0: Oh, it gets better. I'm gonna sneeze. (coughs) Allergic to the movie.
1: God bless you. It's killing me. Oh, I hope not.
0: They show up at the Sandlot and there's no baseball today because it's too hot to play.
1: Yeah. Oh boy, you know what kids like to do when it's too hot? they like to go to the swimming pool and sexually assault people
0: oh that's true so if you thought oh we're done with the misogyny no we're
1: about to kick it up a notch baby because
0: it turns out that Wendy Peppercorn is the lifeguard at the pool Huh. and according to the narrator who's back again um, Squints has been lusting after her for I don't know two or three years yeah
1: so like what since he was eight I mean like
0: I guess Yeah, yeah I guess so so they show them in the pool. Well, first of all, Ham does a cannonball and splashes a whole bunch of girls and doesn't
1: get kicked out of okay. the pool immediately.
0: Yeah, doesn't get kicked out of the pool. Nothing happens. They just go But they're all standing in a group and Squints is up front. And oh And he's kind of losing it. And now we start hearing things that people who apply rape apologetics use. Yeah. Because they start saying things. Because she's putting suntan lotion on her on her leg. Yeah. She has a job where she's in the sun all day. Of course, she's going to put on sunscreen to protect her legs. Exactly. Right? But they're saying things like, "At first, she doesn't know what she's doing because apparently she's making them all horny." Yes. Right, especially Squints, who is physically vibrating. He's having at this a point.
1: fucking breakdown.
0: That's right. And they're saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. And then she looks up and gives them a smile. And then they change it to, she knows what she's doing. Right. She knows what she's doing. She's
1: teasing doing. us. She's torturing us.
0: She's teased. Yeah. She went to the pool that day to tease 12 year old boys yes. sexually. Yes.
1: This attractive so teenager who works as a lifeguard.
0: That's right. It's not their fault. Oh, no. Because they've got wants and needs. It's her fault. And it culminates in squints going, that's it. I can't take it anymore because this is acceptable. And I don't give a shit what the narrator tries to say about him saying, because he says it was deplorable. It was wrong. But he ends that sentence was, and it was really cool. Yeah. Did you hear that? Uh, Steve? Yeah. It sure seems <laughs> like he's not that upset about it. So apparently, Squints doesn't know how to swim. So he goes to the deep end, jumps in, and goes right to the bottom. Wendy paffner dives in, pulls him out of the water, and despite the fact that he's still holding his glasses and slightly moving, it's time to give him the breath of life, yeah, right? Yes, absolutely. She does it a couple of times. His friends are worried, and then... The scene, the shot that is going to haunt me for the rest of my life is when she pulls away from him and he looks at his friends and gives him the creepiest, worst rapey smile I have ever seen in my entire life. And they go, whoa, he's faking. And then it gets worse because you're like, "Okay, well, that's it. He got to pretend kiss her. Right. That's it. Right. Not it. He gets up and pretends it's all over, right? He just gets up and he oh. goes, oh, thank goodness. And then he gets, he walks away oh, no. and she's fine with not thinking that she's been sexually assaulted. What, what happens? What happens the next time she goes to blow air into his lungs to try to save his life? Because that is not only her job, but she seems to be concerned for the little rat bastard fink.
1: Oh, he reaches up and grabs her head and forces her to kiss him.
0: Oh. Isn't that nice? It's just a charming
1: little story about some things that happened oh. when they were kids, you know. Boy, hey, 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 Jason. Boys will be boys. Come on now. Don't
0: ever, ever. Don't you. You take it back right now. Rewind those jokes, young sir. (laughs) Do you feel good about yourself? (laughs) I'll lead you by the ear out of this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then you'll wink and smile at me when I'm looking at you through the fence.
0: So, apparently, he got a lifetime. They all got a lifetime ban from the yes, pool. Yes. Great. Because yeah. she picks it. Once she find, figures out what's happening, she calls him a pervert, picks him up by the ear, and throws them all out. Yes,
1: right? as well she should.
0: Mm-hmm. But, and we're like, okay, good. He didn't get the benefit from that.
1: Except.
0: <sighs> Except, while they're walking away, he uh, Squints looks through the channeling fence. And she's sitting back in her lifeguard chair and she gives him a little smile and a wave. Like, oh that scamp just wanted to like
1: shaking her head like oh you
0: (laughs) Oh you boys And he's like, Yay and he waves back and he runs off. Oh, what a what a fun adventure that we absolutely needed in the middle yep, of this movie, it right, It definitely
1: Steve? serves all kinds of important functions in the story, and there's no way they could you have just... You mean
0: to a s- side character that doesn't matter ultimately in the rest of nope. the film? Okay, There's
1: no way that they could have just literally lost all of that from the movie completely.
0: Oh, but then the movie wouldn't be movie-length. <laughs> But apparently it was important enough to the director-writer to keep it oh, in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, that little scam. Yeah, yeah. And now, Fourth of July bullshit.
1: Yeah, they play a night game, because apparently the Fourth of July fireworks are not only so bright that you can play baseball under them, but they last long enough that you can play a baseball game under them. Can you? No. No, why, no? why would anybody think that?
0: Mm-hmm. It's just more nostalgia, America bullshit.
1: Yeah, fireworks, 4th of July, come on. Uh, Cookouts. They're all
0: looking at the fireworks. cookouts, hot dogs. Hooray. Oh, did you notice something? What? The fireworks looked a little funny. Yeah, it looked
1: like maybe they weren't really there.
0: Um, Not only that, but they were stretched. Hmm. So the stock footage wasn't at the same uh, uh, wasn't at the same uh, uh, ratio ah, they, as the rest of the but film. They found a way to so they to but they found a way to <laughs> deal with it. But they found
1: a way to deal with stretch it.
0: Stretch them to fit the rest of the footage, because <laughs> they just shot. They put stock footage in, because they weren't going to spend money on fireworks. What am I
1: supposed to find real fireworks and film it? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here!
0: Then the next day, they're playing um, they're playing baseball, I guess, and out of nowhere comes a bunch of kids. Yeah, the
1: local Little League punks.
0: Yeah, the local Little League kids who, who like playing baseball so much that they joined a yeah, league. Yeah,
1: they play organized baseball. Mm-hmm. Like Benny wants to play, but for some reason doesn't at this point in his life.
0: <laughs> for whatever reason, maybe they don't let him maybe. in because he's not white. Oh,
1: you mean there's a Little League color barrier that needs to be broken.
0: What I'm saying is, is that there is a story here that could be told that they're not bothering to
1: tell. Oh, right.
0: Anyway, uh so ham and the lead kid start getting into a bunch of insults where here, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, let's do the insults. Are you okay, ready? Ready? let's do it. Your mo- your mom cooks a ham that tastes like garbage. Fuck
1: you, you piece of shit.
0: What? Did you think? No, they,
1: don't, they, they don't they don't actually <laughs> say you, that.
0: I'm not a piece of You play this
1: game right. (laughs) Your
0: mama
1: mama fertilizes a rose garden with your
0: farts. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, your mom eats those farts and then poops poops them out as poop farts and then serves them uh, to your dad who likes it, and he says, yum, yum.
1: Well, your dad washes his car by peeing on it.
0: Oh, oh yeah, well your your dad rolls around on the car after it had been peed on and then, then, and then my dad pees on your dad secretly t- twice a week <laughs> they say it's bowling league but my dad doesn't own a bowling ball but I see my dad and your dad in a car all the time in the darkest part of the park and I once said dad is that you and he screamed and dunked way down and then the car drove away
1: I know you are, but what am I?
0: <laughs> I think we're hiding a lot of pain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it goes kind of like that.
0: But what is the ultimate oh. insult? They, they trade these gross insults back and forth uh, across each other because they won't play each other at a game. But there is one oh, insult yeah. that goes too far, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, and of course, you, it's, in this movie, it should hardly be surprising what that insult is. It's, you play ball like a girl.
0: Oh my god, he implied that he's one of those disgusting things. The girls are only good for one thing. Rape, apparently. Forcibly Uh. (laughs) kissing at the
1: swimming pool.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the next day, we kinda watch them play baseball. Kinda. It's mostly just him at first base while batters get struck out. Yeah. And then we cut to a montage of shots of the Sandlot kids hitting a million home runs. Mm
1: -hmm. And running the bases a million times.
0: Boy, I'm glad that was included. Yeah. I'm so glad that a bunch of kids who we've never heard of and never referred to prior magically show up, pick a fight, yeah. and then lose a baseball I'm game. I'm just
1: really glad that the editor of the movie had an opportunity to share with us his C-plus final project from film school, which I assume is what this scene was.
0: I guess. I don't know. I yeah. don't know why it's in it's, there. It's, yeah. But to celebrate, they go to the carnival. Yeah, oh,
1: everybody loves the and carnival. And Benny
0: buys them all tickets. Yeah. And then one of the kids says, I have a great idea. Let's try chewing tobacco. Yeah, right now,
1: right before we get on this ride.
0: Right this minute. And they all cram their mouth full of chewing tobacco. Of course, after <laughs> after Small says, what is this chewing tobacco that you speak of? <laughs> And they go, you don't know what chewing tobacco is Nick. You tell us you don't know who the great Bambino is. Ha, ha 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 ha.
1: Still didn't say his name.
0: And then they all put tobacco in their mouths. They get on a ride and they get sick and they all throw yep. up. The end. <laughs> That's
1: and it. And it takes forever.
0: It takes for fucking ever. Hey, did that need to be in it the movie? It
1: certainly did not.
0: Did the baseball game before that need to be in not the movie? Not so much. No. Hmm. Weird. Nope. Funny.
1: Nope. Hey, has has anything happened at all in the movie so far?
0: (laughs) No, really, just fucked around. Not really, but apparently there's going to be a pickle.
1: Yeah, the pickles. The narrator tells us, and now I hope you've been waiting for the pickle because here it comes.
0: Stepdad leaves for a week
1: on business. He's a man of business, Jason. He's a man of business, and he's gone out of town for the business.
0: He's gonna come back with a bunch of fat green. Yes,
1: right, cheddar.
0: Maybe that'll shut your mother up about our bills. I pay the bills around here. That's right. Then maybe she'll let me put a baby yeah. in her. And you can convince your mom to have another one of you. Work my
1: fucking <laughs> cock off to keep a roof over your ungrateful little head.
0: Can't even catch a ball. Mother
1: crawling down my back just because I want to have a beer. Maybe two or three or four when I get home from my place of business.
0: Lots of guys drink six beers in an hour. I don't get it. She should be happy with a guy like yeah. me. Clean, uncut, Ready for action. Yeah. Fertile. So fertile. <laughs> Constantly turgid. <laughs> Constantly
1: turgid. Even when I'm drunk, which is most of the time.
0: I'm Johnny on the spot with a rock hard cock. Ready to
1: go at a moment's notice.
0: <laughs> I avoided the Korean War, didn't die like that stupid kid's dad.
1: Stupid day. dad dying in the Gunn- fucking <laughs> in the cold like a chump.
0: At least I assume he died. Every once in a while, we get a letter uh, from someone telling us how great North Korea is.
1: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he go the, the stepdad goes out of town. He's like, now, Scotty, while I'm gone, you're the man of the house."
0: You mean I am a fuck uh, yes. Yep, that's exactly
1: what I mean. That's See right. See you next week.
0: You keep her warm for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: Bye, -bye,
0: Dad. Got to put a different attachment on Mr. Handy. Okay,
1: don't need to know the details. Okay, there, Champ.
0: Never coming back. Gotta go. Never. (sighs) Never ever gonna gonna (laughs) hijack a plane, ask for ten thousand dollars and two parachutes, and I'm (laughs) gone. (laughs) Anyway, going home to Boston to become a firefighter. Okay. We finally get the third pickle reference, right? Yes, and right? now
1: it's time, almost, to actually find out what the pickle is going to be. And you'll uh, never guess uh, what it is.
0: Well, someone hits a ball. Mm-hmm. We get another cartoon sound yep. effect. Yep. Except this time, Benny did the impossible.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Benny hit the ball so hard yeah. that he ripped the cover off of it.
1: He he! It's some natural shit.
0: Yeah, it's some impossible fucking bullshit. That's
1: some natural shit, it's man. In- he knocked the cover off the ball. Eat your heart out, Roy Hobbs. Did you
0: see how big his his arms were?
1: They look like normal size arms. Right. Yeah. So. How how did he hit it so hard?
0: I've I've seen a lot of powerful hitters in my day. Right. Seen a lot of powerful.
1: Oh hitters. yeah. Oh absolutely.
0: I watched. What's his face? Barry Bonds beat the record. I was at that game.
1: Oh, boy, yeah. In arms, he was like a fucking g- he, tree he was he was, a st- he was a roided up monster. That's right. At that there were point. needles yeah. hanging
0: off of him when he hit it.
1: <laughs> he was doing steroids during that at bat.
0: At no point did he ever hit a ball so hard that the cover was ripped off it.
1: Uh, nope. It's not generally a thing that happens. Do
0: you know why it happens? Bad ball. has nothing right. to do with the yeah. power of the hit, it has everything to do with the stitching on the ball.
1: This, it's this improperly made ball. That's yeah. right.
0: But no in, other reason that would happen. But in this one, it's like he hit the ball and it turned to baby Jesus and it was caught by, by um, Smalls. And they're like, wow, this is, look at that. But now they don't got a ball to play oh, with. No.
1: But luckily, Smalls is like, hey guys, I know where there's a ball. Because I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but Bill, his stepdad, has a baseball in his man cave. Does he? He does.
0: Okay. And it's
1: a it's autographed by some person named Babe Ruth. Uh,
0: huh we
1: We've never we've never actually heard that name spoken. Oh, Dwayne, are
0: you telling me that Smalls runs all the way home, takes a ball he, that's worth at then those dollars probably around $60,000? Uh, yes. That was a gift from yes. somebody, I guess, yes. or maybe he got it autographed, who knows. And then ran that ball all the way back to the sandlot for them to play with.
1: That's exactly what I'm telling you. And during the and they all just sort of stood there and waited for Smalls to come back. Yeah,
0: right, because yep. they couldn't pony up the ninety eight cents for another ball.
1: Nope. Hey, Benny blew his wad on the on the carnival, man. Oh, well, that's true.
0: So he comes back in. And he's screaming, "I got the ball! I got the ball! I got the ball! I got the ball!" We heard you the first four times, you idiot. I got the ball. And I'm like, great. And they play ball, and one kid hits it again.
1: Immediately hits it over the fence. Another
0: cartoon sound effect, and it goes into the beast's fence. Uh Uh-oh. And now... What a pickle. Yeah. What a pickle. Smalls is like, I got to get that ball back. And they're like, why? And he's like, I just got it. I got it from my stepdad. And they're like, great, we'll just get another one. You don't understand. It was a gift from somebody. And they're like, well, who did you get the gift from? And they're like, (laughs) he's like, some lady named Ruth.
1: Baby Ruth.
0: Baby Ruth. And they all go, Babe Ruth. And now Smalls goes, I don't know who that is. I don't know who Babe Ruth is. I don't know anything.
1: I'm culturally illiterate.
0: All I know is that when you take a cat apart, you can't put them back together again. (laughs) Please, someone kill me. I'm going to lay down on the ground. Someone step on my head until I'm dead. Please, so somebody.
1: This is, this is where Smalls finds out. I fucked I my you.
0: mom last night. <laughs> I'm the man of the house. With my Rector set robot. I'm the man of the I'm house. i the, man of the
1: house. <laughs> and, they're, um, and
0: they're like, you know, Babe Ruth, and they repeat all of the nicknames that they used before. Yeah, and he goes, oh, that Babe Ruth.
1: Oh, that guy. So it's the same guy, huh? And Shit, then Benny guys. says, so well, fucked, I'll basically. just go
0: around front and knock on the door and get our ball back. Oh, wait, no one ever says that, do they?
1: No, nobody ever even suggests no. that. No. Weird, huh? Of
0: course not, because according to the kid who told the scary story, he's like a crazy man or something.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And now we get into several attempts to try to get the ball back, which is several different long poles. <laughs> Yes. And contraptions, and they try to lure a kid down to get it, and they finally make a a erector. They take apart the erector set robot, and yep. they make this thing that's going to automatically throw the ball back over the fence. And when the ball's coming back, the dog, a puppet, a big puppet, the the
1: the gigantic dog, swallows the ball.
0: G- swallows the ball, which runs contrary to how big the dog actually is when we see him later. But never mind that. But never mind that. All of these attempts is thing attempt, dog screaming, thing attempt, (laughs) dog screaming, vacuum cleaners explode. Oh, boy. (laughs) Thing attempt, dog screaming. That's it. That's it. It's
1: comedy gold. Four times in
0: a row. Yeah. And then then finally, Benny says, I know how to get him. And he buys a brand new pair of shoes and PF flyers, and he's going to jump over the fence, grab the ball, and jump uh, back.
1: Don't forget the reason Benny knows that this is what he has to do is because Benny had a dream.
0: Oh, shit. I was really hoping we could get past that part.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: All right. So Benny has a mental breakdown at some point where we're in... Okay, so we're in Smalls' room, Right. Right. And the n- narrator literally has to say, "But Benny had a dream that would provide him with I don't know, pickle by."
1: <laughs> yeah. Like sure seems if this was a better written movie, this would have been the protagonist's dream, but whatever.
0: Or if this had been a better movie, we would have cut to Benny in his room rather than to the protagonist who isn't having this dream, it directly into weird things happening in another kid's room. And which we cut to Benny eventually, right? Yeah. So uh, Babe Ruth appears in his closet as a static black and white thing. Yep. And he's like, "Hey, you kid!" He has no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your mom? He's smoking. <laughs> Where's your mom?
1: <laughs> no, he, I, I feel like I should. I, 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 it's worth mentioning. He looks and acts nothing like Babe Ruth. Not at all not even a little
0: mm-hmm.
1: not even trying nope. which isn't such a big deal except there are many many pictures of the real baby yep. all around Benny's room uh-huh
0: doesn't so, matter who gives a doesn't shit doesn't matter he's like hey what's your problem we got to get we got to get this ball out of the yard and he says so hop over and get it and he leaves and i was hoping that that would have been the entire clip <laughs> Fucking genius. i would have laughed myself sick if that was the so entire
1: Stop over to the fence and get the ball. Jesus Christ, what, are you, what am I here for? Why did
0: I come here from the afterlife for this bullshit? But then he gives him some stupid advice about trying. Yeah.
1: You know, some real Babe Ruthian yeah. advice.
0: Listen, kid. If you can't do a thing, then fake the reason why you can't be there. Like, for example... <laughs> You hit a baseball and it hurt a dog, and you had to take the dog to the hospital. Or if you're if you're you know you're junk sick because you shot too much heroin, tell them that you got the flu and you can't make it. Or let's say you drank so much booze that your liver hurts really bad. Then you can tell them that you pulled a hammy and you have to be out for the next couple of games. You'll make it up to them when you go back to bat and hit a home run, and everybody's gonna love you, right, Benny? Thanks, babe. <laughs> Thanks, babe. No problem. Okay. Hey, do you have any of them new 60s drugs? I've been hearing a lot about LSD. I want you to go. No. I want you to go. No. Hey, can I take this? It's it's a Hank Aaron baseball card.
1: Oh, sure. You can have that.
0: He says, I don't know why, I just want it. Get it? Hey, no, I don't get it. Can you please tell me why Babe Ruth wanted a Hank Aaron baseball card?
1: Because it's funny. Because Hank Aaron goes on to break his record. See, it's hilarious.
0: Okay, but why did Babe Ruth want the card?
1: Because because it's a joke.
0: Is it a joke? That
1: we that that we get? Is it?
0: <laughs> he just wants it's
1: it. it's, it's uh, I'm pu- I'll, I'll put quotes around joke.
0: What would have been more apropos is oh hey look, darkies are playing in baseball now. <laughs> but we don't get that. He's just like, hey, thanks. Hey, did you notice what the baseball card was in? No. Come on. You noticed. We all noticed. We all saw it. Come on. You had a knife for these things.
1: I didn't know. What, what was it? It was
0: in a Lucite case.
1: Oh, of course. Like they had in the 60s. Right. Right. Yeah, like all, all Like all. All collectors of baseball cards kept their cards in, Lucite. in plastic cases <laughs> in the 60s. I don't
0: know. Yeah. This was clear Lucite. Lucite. Something that did not exist at all, period, dead stop. No chemist had discovered it yet. It was like, here you go. Here's your time-traveling baseball
1: card. Yeah, because apparently the prop department couldn't be bothered to just make a fake Babe Ruth card. (laughs) Or a fake Hank Aaron card. Uh No, no. No. They had to get a real card, but it was a collector's item, and they didn't want to take (laughs) it out of the case. So they just said, nah, fuck it. He just has it in a case. Right.
0: So then Benny shows up at uh, at uh, Small's house and he's like, "Hey, Babe Ruth came to be at my house and he drank all of our cooking cherry, and then he got in a <laughs> fist fight with my father, <laughs> and he won. And he won. Then he thought our couch was sexy and fucked it. Went upstairs. He snorted a bottle of shampoo. Fell on the ground. <laughs> he gave me some great advice." It was the greatest dream I've ever had. Right. Also, question. I don't think this was supposed to be a dream in the original script.
1: Oh, no. You think he was supposed to be visited by uh, the ghost of me He literally
0: leaves with one of the kid's possessions in his back pocket. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: Never mentioned. Never. I mean, if I had a dream that was that realistic and I was freaking out about it, I would want to see a mental health professional after that. I would think. I would think. Anyway, so he's like, come on. He buys himself a pair of brand new shoes, right? Yeah, oh, he's
1: got that money again.
0: PF Flyers, what, the money that he didn't have the day before?
1: Yeah, couldn't afford a baseball, now all of a sudden he's buying some new (laughs) PF Flyers to replace the identical pair of PF Flyers that he has on his feet right then. Since he's baseball Jesus, he
0: probably knew that they needed to learn a lesson or some bullshit, right? Sure. So he puts on the, the 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 shoes, he jumps over the fence, the dog comes out of its doghouse, spits out a ball. We can now see that the dog isn't as big as they've been leading it up to be.
1: It's just a normal dog.
0: It's just the dog.
1: It's a big dog, but it's a normal big dog. Dog
0: spits out the ball, Benny runs, grabs it, jumps back over the fence, and they're like, hooray, but oh no, the dog jumps over the fence too.
1: Uh-oh, and now they because have a the big Because the convenient chase.
0: chain is broken off of it. Yeah. And they have a big comedic chase. Oh boy. Where we keep cutting to people watching the Wolfman for a lame joke we, that doesn't land.
1: We keep cutting to them. <laughs>
0: You wanted to stay in The Wolfman, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, like,
1: don't go back to the Sandlot. Please, (laughs) I like this scene. This is such a good scene in The Wolfman. Mm
0: There's literally a cake gag because they run oh, through yes. the Founder's Day thing, whatever it is, sure. celebration. These guys with a giant-tiered cake, they manage to, oh, the, uh, they, they miss the kid, the dog misses the cake, but oh no, they get the stilt-walker Uncle Sam and he falls down, cake flies in the air, bakers are covered with cake. Ha- Some, ha-
1: somebody off-camera throws already already destroyed bits of cake yeah, at them? Yeah, onto them. them.
0: It does, it's not like a cake just lands on them.
1: Like the cake Mm -hmm. came apart in the air.
0: (laughs) And then he runs into a movie theater, and then the dog breaks through a window, and then the payoff for the wolf cutting to the wolfman is that the dog jumps through the screen when Lon Chaney Jr. is turning into a wolfman. It doesn't land. It's not shot well. It's not funny. It's a
1: great payoff. What a great payoff to that setup.
0: They, They chase... They, they, the other kids catch up to Benny, and he's like, "Go to the sand lot." Why I don't know. Um, one of the kids with all of his other friends behind him shouts at the camera, which means he's shouting at nobody. The sand lot. The sand lot.
1: <laughs> Wait, let's take a shortcut, as if we need to know that. Right. They like, run
0: back. Um, Benny comes back. He jumps over the fence. The dog jumps over, no, through the fence. He brace, breaks yeah. through the fence. And, and then the fence falls down on the dog. On top of the dog. And you're like, well, oh, good. They killed the dog. The end.
1: Oh, no, the dog's dead. He'll never hurt anyone That's again. That's right. This, Hooray. Dog that has supposed, this dog that has supposedly eaten people.
0: Right. They surround the dog. They pull out his heart. They lift it to the air. They eat at the end. <laughs> the demon has been vanquished. Chop up his head. They put it on a pike. They sit, they, they used the dog's head as third base for years.
1: Benny, Benny wears its skin as a cloak.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> but no, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Small's like, we got to help, and we got to pick up the fence. And he picks up the fence, and the other kids, who are jerks, don't help. They just stand there and they watch. They just stand there and watch. Benny runs up, picks up the fence. The dog comes running out and now you have friends. Oh, cuz he's the a dog, good dog licks him on the face and then leads them to where all their baseballs are. What a good dog. And then they leave lead the dog up to the back of the house, knock on the door.
1: <laughs> James Earl Jones comes out with a shotgun. No, says get the hell off my property. He starts
0: shooting blindly because he's, he's <laughs> cuz he can't visually see. impaired, he can't see them. He's like cackling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the threat <laughs> I've waited my whole life for this he jumps into a thing and the garbage in the back of it it's a spiked mobile apparatus that starts sawing the kids in half with arm blades in the front <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a happy
0: ending in other words no, he comes out no. He says, they said, when your dog got out we brought him back, we wanted to get our ball here's the ball and he's like, come on in and he's, they're like, okay, "Okay, sure, but it's okay." You know why? Why? Because um, he's he's the nice he's a nice uh, blind man who also yeah. happens to be a magic baseball man.
1: <laughs> he's a magic baseball man. Yeah, like, he knew Babe Ruth. Yeah, he
0: called him George.
1: Calls him George, which nobody called him. <laughs> no, but whatever.
0: They cut to a picture of him and two other guys. I think it's Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and he's like, "I played ba- I played baseball until I got hit in the head with a ball and went blind." Oh, did you play for the ma- for Major League Baseball? What? Don't ask me those questions. <laughs>
1: kind of a long story there. Short <laughs> answer: No. It's
0: amazing how I have almost no paraphernalia from the Negro leagues. But that was the hmm. only league I could have possibly played played in. But
1: sure was a sure was a big Yankee fan uh-huh. though. Huh? I guess we're hey.
0: not going to mention the Negro leagues. At all. In fact, let's it, make pretend uh, that black players were always a part of Major League Baseball. That would be great by not mentioning it at all. And, oh, by the way, here, take this ball. Take this ball that has the signatures of every single player from which year?
1: The 27 Yankees. The 27. The legendary, the, the greatest That's team the of our time, row, some say. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're like, we can't. And he says, well, I'll tell you what. You take that ball worth more money on there than there is in heaven and earth. And just so that you guys come here and talk baseball with me. And yeah. they're all like, deal sucker, and they run.
1: <laughs> Give me that ball.
0: But now it's time for the narrator to wrap up the whole movie, right? Oh, we yeah. cut to a scene of him giving okay, so Steve, I know you don't will never have kids, so you're yes. gonna have to relate to part of it. If you had a Babe Ruth a signed sign, Babe Ruth baseball, uh-huh. and some jerk kid took uh-huh. it, ruined it, but came yeah. back with the 27 Yankees that signed the entire roster of the team inside the ball. Would you yes. then ground that kid for a week?
1: <laughs> probably not.
0: I don't think I would either. I, I
1: think there were. I think. I think there would have to be a talk about you know keeping I, your I goddamn hands off my to, stuff. Yeah,
0: I think someone would have to prevent me from kissing my child. <laughs> I think at that point, right? It would be. I
1: mean, I mean, I, I'd still probably hit him.
0: Of course, you'd hit child no matter what. You don't even have to do it (laughs) provoked.
1: Hey, come here. That's why you
0: open with the ball. I got something for you. Here you go. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, but your Babe Babe Ruth ball is destroyed. Who cares anymore? Uh, Babe who? Fuck, oh, shit. (laughs) But the narrator tells us, now that the pickle is over, I guess, that he got grounded for a week. Yeah. Yeah, and that he and him got closer together, or whatever. Right? Yeah, they
1: got they played catch more often, or some shit. Some
0: bullshit. And then we get um, all the kids. We get to find out what happened to all the kids, all of them. We find out all of them. What? What did we find out? We found out that all the kids have bullshit things that happened to them later in life, except for squints. And if I say it, blood is going to shoot out of my goddamn mouth, Steve.
1: Do you want do you want me to say it? I
0: want you to say it please.
1: He marries Wendy Peppercorn.
0: Then they have nine and they kids. They have
1: nine kids.
0: To prove that they fucked.
1: Yeah, because that all worked out.
0: Misogyny wins, Steve.
1: Yep, exactly. If you want to, if you're a young boy and you're attracted to a girl, just go ahead and sexually harass and assault her because it'll probably turn out that she likes it.
0: Yeah, and she'll like it forever. Yeah, and then you'll grow up and you'll marry her and you'll fuck her enough time to spawn nine children. Because yep, you'll you fuck know what, no wife nine of mine is going to get is going to have birth control despite the fact that Wendy's like please I can't I can't we can't have we're, we're so broke we're so broke
1: <sighs> yep happy ending they,
0: uh, they own the they own the uh, the the, the drugstore
1: a, dr- a store yeah, a drugstore in the drugstore yeah.
0: we keep seeing we never go inside is, we see the outside which is apparently of the a gold store. mine yeah because they can
1: afford to raise nine kids
0: it's the drugstore that we only see from the outside and never go in
1: mm-hmm. oh one of those
0: yeah um and then some of the other kids did some other bullshit that's related to something that we saw in the like the kid that they tied to the rope that they dropped down into the yard to grab the ball invented bungee jumping he didn't sure but you know haha cuz it's related yeah. and then I the,
1: faintly remember that from the movie
0: yeah i remember and then the two kids that always repeated each other built treehouse themed playgrounds yeah, something like but that But then they invented the mini-mall, they didn't No <laughs>
1: And that's not even funny
0: No, it's not
1: I'm not even sure what the joke there is supposed to be, but whatever Right,
0: and then it turns out that the the, the narrator Well, he became a baseball guy Because we know that, because we saw the start of the movie And now we're watching a baseball game Between the L.A. Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants And Benny became a baseball player Hooray Yeah
1: a pinch runner apparently
0: i guess because you, you know steal- what well, he's
1: one of them one of those superstar pinch runners
0: <laughs> and he steals home sure yay and he gives pinch a
1: th- runners are always stealing home
0: yeah and he gives a thumbs up to the press box because he knows ah. his best friend is up there yeah and best friend gives a thumbs up too and then the movie's over
1: oh yeah yeah
0: how old would you say Benny is? looks all grown up?
1: I don't know, maybe late 20s, early 30s.
0: He's supposed to be 42 years old. Yeah, if you do the math, if he yeah, was that's how he's got to be. Yeah. It's, not, it's now 1992, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's a 42-year-old home plate stealer.
1: Hey, you know, Ricky Henderson was still really fast late into his career. How
0: late into his career, Steve?
1: Uh, maybe not 40s, but...
0: No, when, you're, when you when you hit still your 40s, fast, though, everything below your waist, if you have been stealing bases, everything below your waist is shot. If you're a pitcher, your arm is gone, okay? You can't do this... There's an age limit for how long you can continue to do what you're doing as, as a professional baseball player. That's when you transition to coach, right? Steve.
1: That's what I I guess, but you know, I mean, Ricky, I'm just saying Ricky Henderson was still really fast.
0: You were trying to find out when Ricky Henderson retired. <laughs> go ahead and do it. I want to hear too. Okay, let's Okay, fine. I'll look it up. I'll I want to hear it.
1: Ricky Henderson. He let me see his last year was
0: was an active player.
1: Um His last year was 2003.
0: Okay. With with the Dodgers. Okay.
1: And he would have been, let me see.
0: He was like 72.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He would have been 45 when he retired. Oh,
0: fine. Show me up. I don't care. Most of them watch out by 42.
1: (laughs) He was Ricky Henderson, man. Yeah, he
0: was Ricky Henderson. I mean, there's there's the big difference. Anyway, the movie's over. I'm done. You do it. You tell me how. You tell me how much you love the movie. I'm so used to it by now. Well, <laughs> I would I, never the do movies bad, you like that. but on. I liked it. What? What? It's, no. Go ahead. I, I believe.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do that this time. Um, I actually. I, I. I. hope nobody listening is too super attached to this movie.
0: <laughs> I, hey, um. if any of you guys are super attached to the movie, watch it as a grown-up, please.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, because if you are if you are one of those people, you're about to have a bad time. Um,
0: like when we this did. Movie,
1: yeah, like we did. Um, when this movie opened, and I was about 13, I thought it was pretty great.
0: It was aimed at directly at you.
1: Yeah. Um, and of course, we watched it a few years ago for what turned out to be our lost episode. And I. Yeah. I I honestly don't remember what I said about it back then or how I felt about it. That's completely left my mind. Um, but this time, I was s- struck by how very, very poor it is. <laughs> um, it's just not a good movie. Nope. The uh, the the cast is likable enough. The kids are likable kids for the most part, though only a few of them have genuine screen presence. Uh, sadly, uh, Tom Geary, who plays Smalls, is not among them. Yeah, I mean he seems like a, he seems like a nice kid. I don't want to shit on his performance, sure, uh, but it's not good. Like he he doesn't have nearly the the screen presence that is necessary to to carry a movie. No. Um, but so I I mean there are. There are certain problems with the actors, but i don't I think the big problems with the film are mostly the fault of of the writer director, um with a little bit of blame left over for the editor, which I will get to. Um, so. So the tone here is just a mess. I mean, it's, it's mostly trying to be this warm, fuzzy, like affectionate, nostalgic comedy about kids growing up in the 60s and playing baseball all summer. Yeah. But then randomly it veers wildly into cartoon territory. Oh, yeah. Like there's the, you know, there's the bit with the running subplot of the beast, like the unbelievably monstrous dog on the other side of the fence that just turns out to be just a normal dog. Um, mm-hmm. Despite being portrayed on screen by a gigantic puppet up to that point right and I mean I I know it would have been very difficult to film given the limitations of the f- of, of the movie both in terms of budget and Just in terms of the evident abilities of the filmmaker, but right I watch it watching it this time I could not help but think God this chase scene How much funnier would this have been if they would have just used the fucking giant dog puppet like that would have <laughs> been amazing it you know what I would have so preferred? So funny,
0: a bear in a dog costume.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean anything, because the dog, up to that point, the dog, whether it's a puppet, whether it's something else, like the dog had been portrayed as impossibly huge, and it was just goofy and absurd. Yeah, and then and then it's like they just completely throw that out, and they're just like, nah, screw it, it's just a dog. Um, and there's so much screen time. In this movie that is burned up because this director commits to these weak ass comedy bits that are absolutely nothing like I said earlier they would have been cut from any vaudeville act worth a damn like there's nothing to these bits and they're not even done good it's no. not just that it's a bad bit it's a bad bit that they fuck up there's nothing funny about the cake bit the chase no there's nothing funny about any of this stuff um, and a great example is that sequence that that you we talked about um, uh, already of uh, when after the Babe roof ball goes over the fence. And there's that series of like, you know, contraptions that they come up with to try and get the ball back. And mm-hmm. it, it takes forever. It's never within 100 miles of funny. It's it's just drenched in flop sweat from start to finish um it's uh, at the at the nub of it it's kind of a solid idea like the idea that they try to get the ball back and their methods get more and more elaborate each time but the execution is just awful like there's no wit or timing to any of it it takes forever um we see them go through i think at least four different iterations of this there's a reason why the rule of three is a thing in comedy Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just that like somebody randomly decided three was the magic number, right? It's three so that the audience doesn't get sick of the bit Mm -hmm. and with a bit like this You know you do it three times you build you escalate and the third time something bigger than ever happens And you pay it off right and it, it needs to have snap it needs to have momentum This bit has none of that it just dies and it takes forever. It dies over and over and over again and and that's the that's the same with with all of the comedy bits in the movie they're all like that um and because i didn't find the movie particularly entertaining i couldn't help but watch it with the eye of a screenwriter and an editor um as a screenwriter i noticed how how just absolutely harmful to the movie the voiceover is i mean voiceover is is often a bad idea mm-hmm. Not always, but often. And, and this time it's definitely, it, it totally kills the movie. It drains the film of any sense of wonder or discovery it may have had. Mm-hmm. It makes it impossible for us to actually get to know and invest in any of these characters, especially Smalls, because we don't actually feel like we're spending any time with him. The narrator just tells us everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to know him at all. Um,
0: there was nothing in the narration... No. That couldn't have been demonstrated visually.
1: No, and it should have been. Yeah. Because that's, that's how characterization works. You get to know the character by watching them, by spending time with them. Mm-hmm. And the, the voiceover just shortcuts all of that. Um, and also, Smalls, who, again, is the protagonist of the movie, has no character arc at all. He starts out bad at baseball. Then he's suddenly good at it, without any real explanation. Um, he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is, and then suddenly he does. Uh, when Babe Ruth appears in the film it's not Smalls' dream it's Benny's dream mm-hmm. um, which makes no sense in any way and in fact if the dream had been Smalls' dream instead of Benny's it at least would have made more sense that the actor who plays Babe Ruth looks and sounds and acts nothing like Babe Ruth mm-hmm. because it would be Smalls' dream and right. he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is it would have at least worked but no the script doesn't it, it, it just it really doesn't treat its nominally character well at all Um And watching it this time, I kind of get the feeling that the narration and the segments with the grown-up version of Smalls at the beginning and the end are there because otherwise the movie doesn't have an ending. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no ending to the the '60s stuff in the movie. It's like, well, and yada yada yada, and then we all grew up and and everybody moved away. That's right. not an ending. You know, it, it needs the modern day stuff to give the illusion that there's some kind of closure, that this that this was all going somewhere. Right. Um, also I find it really odd that these baseball loving kids growing up in the nineteen sixties are absolutely obsessed with Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. but never even mention ball players who were actually stars at the time this movie takes place. Exactly This movie this movie takes place in the summer of nineteen two. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mantle was having an MVP season. And it's a year after Mantle and Maris <laughs> chased Babe Ruth's single season home run record. Nobody mentions Mickey Mantle once in this movie. Nobody mentions Roger Maris once in this movie. Nobody mentions Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Nobody mentions and uh, I mentioned before, it seems like a lot of the baseball stuff is kind of Dodgers-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, they end up he becomes a commentator for the Dodgers and, and Benny becomes a player for the Dodgers. Nobody mentions Sandy Koufax. Don Drysdale, Mm-mm. Tommy Davis, nope. Duke Snyder was still nope. playing at this point. Nobody mentions, they're never even mentioned, it's like they don't exist. The only other baseball player mentioned at all that I can remember is Hank Aaron. And that's he's it. just there for, and he's just there for that Babe Ruth joke. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Can um, I ask
0: you a real quick question? Yeah. They even fuck up the Babe Ruth fandom. Yeah. Do you remember how they how uh, Benny, the Babe Ruth fanatic, spells Babe Ruth's name on the fake ball that they tried to uh, create? He spells oh, does he wrong. spell it?
1: Does he spell it right? He I didn't spells even notice Ruth that. with an E. Oh my God! And
0: I'm like, wait, what? What? This kid practically <sighs> lives, breathes, and worships Babe Ruth. We've been exposed to it through the entire movie, but when it comes down to it, where he's faking Babe Ruth's. Autograph on a ball. He spells Babe Ruth's name wrong.
1: Right. That's amazing. I didn't even notice that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also, I mentioned this already during the, when we were going through the recap. But uh, James Earl Jones's character, Mr. Myrtle, calls yeah. Babe Ruth George. Mm-hmm. Nobody. I cannot stress this enough. Nobody outside of his family called him George. Nope. His, his fellow players and his friends called him babe or mm-hmm. the babe mm-hmm. they never called him George
0: yeah
1: um, and 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 the the, the writer director uh, David Mickey Evans is supposedly a baseball fan supposedly. he should know he should know this and he should know how weird and inauthentic it feels. To make a film about baseball crazy kids in the early '60s and not have them demonstrate the least bit of interest in what was actually going on mm-hmm. in baseball at that time, right? Um, and and he's not any better. Come, as,
0: here's a funny thing: yeah. these are baseball crazy kids. It's summer. Yeah. Do they listen to a single game?
1: They're, they they don't. We never hear them listening to baseball, watching baseball, nothing,
0: or talking about it. Other talking, than no, they, them playing yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And again, this is 61 and 62 were really exciting years for yeah, Major League weren't. Baseball. Like there was really, really exciting shit happening during those times that these kids you would think would have been going crazy over. Mm-hmm. Nope, nothing, nothing. Nope. Um, and the thing, the, and you know, so it's, it's, that's what I, what I immediately think of when I think of it in terms of screenwriting. Um, David Mickey Evans is also uh, not a very good director at all. Uh, there's a scene relatively early when it's the scene when small, malls has to retrieve the ball that's been hit close to the fence and we and he gets scared by the dog for the first time Um, it's presented as this really suspenseful thing but that doesn't come across because Evans never establishes how close the ball is to the fence Mm -hmm. like there's no shot of the ball getting close to the fence Um, and I know that's like a simple detail but it's crucial it's it's really important for that bit to land that we know where one object is in relation to the other object. And Mm -hmm. he never tells us, um, you know, and then there's there's also uh, the the, uh, the the payoff to the trying to get the ball back sequence is when the vacuum cleaners explode in the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, except they never give us a reason why they can't just turn off the vacuums. No, nope. it makes no sense. They just they all the vacuums start to 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 catch fire. They panic and they run out. Nobody even tries to unplug them or turn them off. Um, and then there's also a tag on that bit where one of the kids comes walking out of the treehouse covered in dirt because he didn't mm-hmm. make it out in time. Right. Um, there's no setup for that at all. Nope. There's there's no indication anyone didn't make it out. Evans doesn't even think to have a line where one of the others does a head count and goes, "Hey, where's so and so." and then he comes out there's Basic nothing setups. there's no setup at all exactly and and by the way I say where so-and-so because when I watched it I had no idea which one of those fucking kids it was what does it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because half of them aren't even are barely established at all I don't even know what their names were let alone have any sort of sense of, of who they are mm-hmm. um, you know we we talked about the swimming pool scene already it's awful it's terrible I mean it's misogynistic and and gross and has and nothing to do with baseball. Has has nothing to do with baseball. Has nothing to do with anything else in the movie. Has like nothing they, to do
0: with any, any of the main characters.
1: They literally could have dropped that entire sequence, mm-hmm. and they should have because it's terrible. Um, the it's carnival vomit scene. The car- Yeah, Could have completely. You can take that completely out. Uh, and also, there's not. In addition to all of its other faults, the swimming pool scene is is a good example of how horribly edited the movie is. Mm -hmm. Um, The bit where, where Wendy is performing mouth to mouth on squints and it just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see her breathing into his mouth, taking a breath, breathing into his mouth. They do that four or five times before we even get to the point where he opens up his eyes and winks. Um, He doesn't even wink.
0: He just stares at him. Or smiles.
1: Whatever. Yeah.
0: Spasm grin he's having.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it's you know it's terrible and but the the worst the, the 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 example of the worst editing in the movie is the is the bit the wolfman thing with uh in during the 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 chase with the dog. Mm-hmm. um it's a weak joke to begin with. as yep. you said, it it doesn't land at all, but and it's 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 a weak joke to start with. um and the editing absolutely murders it. Yep. Whatever whatever amusement could have been wrung from this gag is gone before it even happens, because we get all of these cuts to the movie. They keep cutting back for no reason. There's no reason to be cutting to this movie during during this point. No, of the it shape. just g-
0: appears all of a
1: sudden. Yeah, we keep cutting to the to the people watching the Wolfman in the theater, and they do that two or three times. Right. And so now, so now the punchline is being just excruciatingly telegraphed. What like it should we, have been
0: is wide shot of the theater kid runs in the back dog is following him cut inside the theater kid comes around the screen dog pops out of the screen end of bad joke
1: right we see the we we see the wolfman just long enough that we can register what movie they're watching Mm -hmm. and then the dog jumps through the screen right yeah that's that's a joke we don't yeah. need to see these, like, multiple setups of, like, oh, they're watching The Wolfman. Cut. Cut back. They're still watching The Wolfman. They're, like, they're, it just... It, it destroys... It murders it. It's like, what... Mm-hmm. what Who is... What was anybody thinking? How did any... Didn't anybody who had ever seen a movie before watch this movie before it got released? More and than say, likely,
0: oh. the editor had to put it in there because there was no setup for it. More than likely, there was no setup for it. They had just shot this sh- shot of him coming out of the screen, and they didn't have a setup for it. They didn't have... You know, it didn't even look like a movie theater that they ran into.
1: No, it looked like they were they had chairs set up in like a gym. Yeah, yeah, like a basketball gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it was just it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, So yeah, but that I mean that's that's the problem with the movie in general, Uh, as it's written, as it's directed, as it's edited. It's clumsy. Mm -hmm. It's artless. Mm -hmm. It's belabored it's way, way too convinced of its own non-existent charms. Yeah. Like, it lingers on all of these bad comedy bits and all these poorly timed gags. Like, this is just fucking hilarious. I mean, it's awful. And it mm-hmm. just dies again and again and again. <laughs> it's a it's a bad movie. Yep. It's a badly made movie. Yep. And I think it's it's success and continuing popularity among some. Uh, is a product, I think, of the fact that we are such brainless suckers for nostalgia. That's the only explanation I can come up with because it's not the movie on its own on its own on its own merit doesn't have a leg to stand on. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Not recommended. Your turn. Okay, my turn.
0: <laughs> so, this was a boomer nostalgia movie. It literally follows the same basic framework as Stand By Me, right? Older adult yeah. narrating something that happened to him when he was a kid in the early 1960s. Opens with the framing device of the older man, ends with the framing device of the older man, right? In, yep. the, in between, he tells a story. Difference was, Stand By Me was investing in its characters, and this one didn't. It didn't. Mm-mm. It didn't set them up to, you know, Stand By Me may be nostalgia porn, but the nostalgia that they choose to reflect is grim, right? They're being chased by, what is it, Buddy Ripperton and his gang of thugs yeah. who are threatening to cut them up and kill them. None of the kids have happy home lives or happy stories to tell about, about what's going on. I mean... These are real kids going through real shit. It just happens to be in the early 1960s. The background was immaterial to what was going on in the film. The Sandlot was created just to be nostalgia porn for boomers. It's the early Mm -hmm. 1960s. These kids hang out. Nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. And we can tell that because no investment is made in any of the characters. Instead of get to know the main character, we get narration, we, who tells us all the stuff. Didn't need it. We could have been shown that visually, but the director isn't a strong enough director to do that. He doesn't trust the audience enough to think that, oh, if we show it, they may not get it. And then, <laughs> so I better say everything out loud constantly all the time. So the movie's just boring. If I can't get invested in the characters... If, I mean, there are nine kids. Two of yeah. which I know the names of. Maybe three. Squints. And the only reason I remember Squints is because his, his story subplot is so horrific that I won't forget it. I can't forget his name because of how bad that subplot is. Hmm. They had 15 minutes of story. This could have been a short film. Kids playing in a sandlot. Knocks ball into monster dog. Have to get it back. Oh, they get it back. Oh, they meet a nice old man at the end, right? Then they had to pad it, and they had to start putting all of this shit in the little league team, the 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 carnival. The, the monster story in the treehouse. You know, the excruciatingly long, I can't play bass, can't catch a ball with with my stepdad oh, scene. Yeah. Right? So what we come away with is, I don't know who Smalls is and I don't give a shit. They kind of indicate that he's smart, but he's never really played. How? What happened? Why is it that he's this way? Why is it that he hasn't made friends or done any any type of sports ever in his entire life? And why is it that it's so important for his mom? For his mom, who gets nothing in this movie, she shows up, says a couple of things, she leaves. Right? That's it. Yep. Yep. Karen Allen may as well not be in this movie because she doesn't really yeah. do anything. I mean, because once he catches the ball and throws it, the parents are out. They're out of the narrative until it comes time to steal his stepdad's ball. Right? The pickle that he keeps <laughs> alluding to throughout the throughout the story. What frustrates me a little bit is that there was a story in here that they could have told had they narrowed, had they had a more narrow focus, and that is, this isn't the story about Smalls, this is the story about Benny, Mm. and Benny is a talented baseball-playing kid in 1962. And there were already Hispanics playing in the Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. But that didn't make everything better for Hispanic people living in the United States. Just because we had people playing baseball any more than having black players in Major League Baseball made things automatically better for everybody in the United States. There was a little bit of an indication that maybe, maybe he couldn't get on the Little League team because maybe he was Hispanic. I only saw it because I was desperate to cling on to anything that might be interesting. Specifically about Benny, who we don't know anything about his home life, anything about what his parents do, anything about... We don't even know where he fucking lives. No, He just appears, he's a nice guy, and he disappears. Right? That's it. And he knows how to play baseball really, really well. There could have been an interesting story about a kid struggling to want to play baseball in a mostly white town from what it seems like. And being denied that for re- for those reasons, racial reasons, whatever. Maybe the reason, the whole reason why he's playing with these kids and not playing in Little League is because they couldn't make, make it in there. Give him something. Instead of, well, I've got to get this ball. Why do you have to get the ball? For your good friend Smalls? Because he done fucked up? Everyone told him he fucked up and he's dead. The only laugh I got from any line was from James Earl Jones. When he told him, he's he. What did he say? You're a dead man standing. <laughs> yeah. When he found out, and that's because it's James Earl Jones. There were right. lots of hints to things that could have been explored with character, but the movie wasn't interested in that. If my dog barks, I swear I'm. You're gonna hear me punch her straight across the room. She's growling at nothing outside the window. I think she's picking up on my aggravation. <laughs> um, but I agree with you. The problem is the script. This is a stupid script, Steve. This is just. Oh dumb. yeah. And the fact that they didn't try, I mean, uh, I completely agree with you. Baseball fanatic kids don't watch baseball all summer. What? They don't watch it on TV? They don't listen to it? There's no shots of them, at the very least, watching baseball on television? Or listening to it on the radio? Or listening to it on the radio while they're playing baseball? Maybe? nothing. It's like baseball only existed in the 1930s, maybe the 1940s. And then the rest of the time, I guess it just blanked out of existence and it just became a game that kids played, right? They, they allude to these kids really love baseball. Well, none of them are on, on a Little League team. Not a single one of them. Why?
1: No, not even Benny.
0: Not even Benny. Why are none of these kids on a Little League team? Are they poor? Could their parents not afford it? Oh, wait, that might be something Interesting. But they're not bothering with that. <laughs> they're just basically saying no. They just pay on the sandlot because they just do it. Um, exactly. They just do it. The s- they just the do stories. It. Just, they just do it. If they were on a little league team, how can we have a giant monster dog? Well, why do we need to have a giant monster dog, Steve? That's, Otherwise, uh, there'd be no fucking plot. There'd exactly, be exactly because
1: the plot is the plot is basically oh we hit a ball into the neighbor's yard. Now what? <laughs> like that's the plot of the movie.
0: It is. Horseshit. It is It is one of the worst movies. People, I think, probably expected me to jump down and start because it's babe, uh, boomer nostalgia porn. But for whatever reason, this movie has resonated not with boomers, but from the kids who are around Steve's age who watched it, right? Yeah. When they're about 12 or 13. They seem to be the people who have some nostalgia for it. They're the ones that wear the t-shirt with that, with that fat, red-headed kid's face on it that says, you're killing me, Smalls, which I guess they think is hilariously funny. I didn't find anything in this funny at all. Mm. Want to know why? You establish a comedy by establishing the characters and their traits, and then you work those traits against the other characters, and funny situations come, come out. You get the character, If they, they, you put them in a funny situation, you all laugh. All of these kids, every single one of them, all react to the same things in the same exact way. They scream. Yeah. They all scream at the same time in unison. And that's it. And I guess that's supposed to be funny, right? All the things that they're trying to do to get the balls back. They try the thing. It doesn't work. Dog shows up. They all scream in unison. That's it. They had no characters for any of them. I thought it was hilarious when they were giving the what happened to them stories at the end. When they came to the tall kid, they just fucking gave up the tall kid with the glasses is like, he got really into the sixties and then he just kind of disappeared. Oh, you mean you ran out of ideas for what to do with these kids.
1: Think of a thing.
0: You couldn't even think of a thing. And the Vietnam war apparently never happened, right? (laughs) Nobody got drafted. Not a single person got drafted ever. (laughs) Even though they would have been
1: of draft age in the late Mm sixties. When things in Vietnam weren't going so good.
0: Nope, 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 nope. So when I watch this and the and the script is getting things wrong about the basic things about baseball and baseball history when it's when it will casually gloss over all of the things that are good and bad about baseball, right? It's kind of aggravating to have a black character who would have played in the Negro Leagues to be the magic baseball man at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. without mentioning it once. When they show that picture of, I believe it is supposed to be Gehrig, our character, our main magic baseball man character, and Babe Ruth, I literally thought... That would never happen. There isn't a photographer in that age that would take that picture. Yeah. Because unless they wanted it personally, and then I thought, what baseball, what base? What, what park are they in where that happened? Where all three of them in uniform could pose for a picture together. Yeah. The whole thing about the Negro Leagues was that they were not allowed to play in Major League Baseball. So right. where is this? What fantasy world? Did exactly. This, well, this take the, place.
1: the only time when that would have happened would have been during like an off-season barnstorming game. Mm-hmm. But they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have been in their Yankee uniforms. No, uh, they pro- and they w- certain almost certainly would not have been in a major league ballpark.
0: No, um, and,
1: and also I mean and those those games happen fairly frequently. Very very few photographs of
0: them. Right, because yeah. no one wanted to get in trouble. Yeah. No one wanted to be, I hate to say this, guys, no one wanted to be seen with black players. Yeah. At all. To gloss over that, and I don't know if they were trying to wink to us or something like that, but to gloss over that f- that piece of American history about a nostalgia movie about baseball. Fuck the writers. Fuck them. They said, I don't want anything icky in this. So let's make a fantasy 1962 where everyone is happy, everything is great and, you know, the biggest problem is a dog got a ball. And then let's, let's make that into an engaging movie that we give a shit about the characters. I don't. I don't give a shit about the characters. A bomb could have gone off on the sandlot and killed all of them and I wouldn't have cared. Nope. I would not have cared. There are talk about a movie with zero stakes. What 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 are we concerned about at all in the movie? Are yeah. we concerned that Smalls is not going to learn how to play baseball? That's fixed in the first thirty minutes. Oh, okay. Are we concerned that they're gonna um, that they're gonna. Uh
1: That Smalls is going to get yelled at about the Babe (laughs) Ruth.
0: No, that doesn't even happen until the last twenty minutes of the movie.
1: That's true. That's true. That's
0: why they keep having to say the biggest pickle we'd ever seen because (laughs) we keep forgetting. Oh yeah, something is going to happen at some point. That's it.
1: Something's going to happen. There's a a whole
0: middle part where all they do is play baseball. Physically assault girls, get sick on a roller coaster, and play another team. There are zero stakes when they when they challenge the other team to a game. They immediately cut to it the next day, and all we see is the other team getting struck out, and our, and the team that we're following, the Sandlot team, hitting home runs. There's no stakes, there's no tension, there's no nothing. They just basically cream them, right?
1: Yeah, they don't even. I think isn't there? I, I... Isn't there like a line early on when the two teams are arguing where one of the kids from the the Little League team says something like, you know, um, like if we win, we get the Sandlot or something. Like there, there's no like they. they could I don't think have, there's it,
0: anything like that.
1: They, they could have at least. Well, I I think that they if there is anything like they blow right by it. Like it's not actually established. But like they could uh-huh. have at least done something like that. You know, we're like let's we'll, we'll play and win it, The winning team gets the Sandlot. Like it's it's right. a du- it's a dumb stake. But at least there's no, something stake. at stake. Right. At least there's something that to give us a reason to, to care about the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. And
0: then we would have gotten to see them play baseball where there were stakes, yeah. where they needed to win. They made this whole point. They just played to play because it was fun. They didn't keep score. They didn't do anything. I was like, okay, great. So they missed the point of a game. Anyway, So
1: it's just some kids who play baseball with each other and they have a good time. I mean, that's yeah. nice. Why do I want to watch a movie about it?
0: Right. They just fuck yeah. around on a field yeah. and one of them is supposedly very good at it. So if there's no stakes, there's no characters that I can get involved with, if none of the jokes land, if the nostalgia is pure bullshit, fuck it. I don't like this movie. Fuck it. I'm sure that there are people out there who love it. I'm glad you do. But for me, fuck it. I don't... I. Uh, this is, what, now my fourth time watching it because I had to watch it again. And I always watch the damn things twice. I'm never watching this movie again. And you know what's even better? There's sequels to this movie. Oh, yeah. Direct-to-video of, of course,
1: direct-to-video. At least, uh, the movie industry isn't that messed up.
0: And in one of them, um, an adult, <laughs> of oh God, an adult baseball player, travels back in time to talk to his younger self when he played games in the sandline.
1: I bet that's not nostalgia porn.
0: (laughs) I don't know what, what it could, I don't know what it is at that point. Oh, it's just pure fantasy at this point. Okay. It's like you're it.
1: literally going back. So it's just, it's wish fulfillment. <laughs> so Steve,
0: <laughs> like, classic?
1: Oh, God, no. The 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 only reason I would ever recommend somebody watch it would be if you're, like, in a film class and you want to take a class on, like, screenwriting or editing and what not to do.
0: Right. It's right. a great
1: example of that. It would be a great teaching tool. <laughs> but right. as, a, as a movie, Cause it's Because you awful.
0: can stop 15 seconds in. If you're going to quote a story that happened in history, try to get the details right. Yeah, especially if it's like it. if
1: it's like the most famous baseball story ever, just look mm-hmm. it up. Make sure you get the details right.
0: Yeah, and also why did they change the details?
1: I have no idea.
0: I don't either. All
1: all the all the baseball details that this movie gets wrong absolutely baffle me
0: uh-huh.
1: absolutely because uh-huh. because even if if evans is just a poser and he's not as big a baseball fan as he supposedly is right this is shit you can look up like the it's not hard to do a little bit of research yeah. and be like what was the story about babe ruth calling his shot what was going on in baseball in the 60s what what right. kind of what which players would these kids have been into like uh-huh. it's baffling that it gets this stuff so wrong
0: hmm uh-huh. So, Steve. Yeah. Now it's time for you to recommend a movie. Do it.
1: Okay. Well, you know, sometimes I recommend movies because I I think they're really good. Sometimes I recommend movies because they're maybe, you know, they're not so good, but but they're really fascinating curiosities. And and I'm going to recommend a movie this time that is just a absolutely fascinating cinematic curiosity. And it's mm-hmm. it's 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 related to our subject this time because it's not really a baseball movie it's not about baseball at all but it stars a real life famous baseball player oh in what i believe is his only major film appearance or he's only his because this is not a major film so i can't really call it a major film appearance but okay it's, it's his only appearance as like a in a starring role in a movie mm. The baseball player I'm talking about is Lou Gehrig. Oh Lord! And the movie is a little low-budget B movie from 1938, where Lou Gehrig plays himself. And I swear to God, this is really the plot of the movie. I'm not making this up.
0: He fights Martians.
1: No, that would be even better, actually. No. Okay. He he quits baseball <laughs> and and becomes a rancher. <laughs> So it's a Lou Gehrig cowboy movie where Lou Gehrig plays himself, and it's Uh. called... Rawhide. Now, there was a much more famous western called Rawhide yes, on was. TV, on TV in the 50s. It's where Clint Eastwood got his start. Uh this is not that Rawhide. <laughs> this is another one. This is Rawhide from 1938 and it's less than an hour long. So, <laughs> you know, it's Perfect like
0: Perfect for Steve.
1: Yeah, it's Oh, it's like oh, the running time is beautiful. Um Steve's l- like
0: movies that aren't movie length. It's
1: like, oh boy, feature length. <laughs> Whatever. That's for chumps. Um, and Lou Gehrig plays, again, he, he plays himself, and he moves uh, to a ranch to take up, uh, to become a rancher. And, of course, uh, he discovers that uh, the, ra- the local ranchers are being bullied by gangsters.
0: Of course they so, are So
1: so Lou and this other guy team up to you know to, to fight the gangsters and, and defend the other ranchers and, and free them from the tyranny of these criminals, oh these crooks. No. Um, it's so bad. But, you know, but like I said, in an utterly fascinating way, Lou Gehrig has always been such an an, igni- an enigmatic figure to me because he was not as large of a personality as Babe Ruth. Nope. Like, there's all kinds of like film footage and interviews and, you know, stuff like with Babe like where you can hear Babe Ruth's voice, you can see Babe Ruth just being Babe Ruth. Um, and with Gehrig, there's not nearly as much of that. There's like, you see footage of him like playing ball and you see his his speech on yep. uh, Lou Gehrig day when he when he he retired but you don't really see a lot of lou gehrig just being lou gehrig and so this is really like a, an interesting little uh artifact of lou gehrig you know trying to be a movie star right and and he gives it he gives it a try he's not good um but he goes for it you know what i mean like he really he really gives it a shot and he seems like he's having a good time even though he's not what i would call a great actor but you know he seems like he's having a good time um He's kind of one note. You know, he basically just, he has a thing that he does where like, you know, he'll sort of elbow his scene partner and kind of make a little wise crack and then laugh. And it's like, okay, he's good at that. So he just does that over and over again. Um, And uh, yeah, and here's what you need to know about the movie. It was filmed in January, 1938. It premiered in March. So... (laughs) So it premiered two months after they shot it. Uh That's the kind of movie it is. Um, But it's available. I don't think they... I, 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 it was uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox, but I don't. I think the copyright has lapsed. Um, it's available on internet on uh, uh, the Internet Archive, and I think it's probably on YouTube as well. So if you want to spend an hour watching it just out of curiosity, you're not going to have to pay for it. Um, not a good movie, but an, a really, really fascinating little bit of baseball history and movie history. The only time I'm aware of that Lou Gehrig starred in a movie, 1938's. Rawhide. That's my recommendation.
0: Hooray! As you guys know, I like to make a recommendation of a movie from the same year that I just reviewed. So it's 19... whatever it is. 1993. And the movie I'm going to recommend also has kids in it, but it doesn't have anything to do with baseball because the only other baseball movie that had kids in it was some garbage. So I'm going to (laughs) recommend something that I enjoy... And that movie is, and it's not realistic at all, talk about being in a fantasy world, but this fantasy world is fun, and it's called Adam Family's Values.
1: Go oh, watch, it's good. I love this movie. <laughs> I love Adam's Family Values.
0: Very Sonnenfeld's sequel to The Adam's Family. Adam's Family Values is still as dark and sick as the first one was, um, and they explore the two kid characters because they were the breakouts from the first from the first film. So we really get to know Wednesday Adams really, really well in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know who I'm saying this to. Go watch it. Yeah, it's Family Values. And that's it. Steve? Yeah. Guess what time it is?
1: It's time for me to make a terrible choice.
0: It is. Oh
1: boy. but not a
0: traditional choice. No. Because next time we come back, it's Steve's birthday <gasps> movie.
1: That's right. It's it's the Merry Merry Month of May.
0: That's right, and instead of trying to figure out what movies Steve likes, I'm just going to make him tell us what he wants to review.
1: <laughs> You're going to force me to choose and make make a choice with agency, so... That's right, you need oh, to choose
0: what movie you want to review for your birthday film.
1: Oh boy, wow, I didn't even think about this.
0: That's why I'm here. remind you take your time that's fine
1: let me think about this there are so many the the head swims with possibilities i know last year we did soups returns right that was my birthday yeah that was your
0: that was your. yeah 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 Yeah. that was nice that was (laughs) we've already Um, done hulk
1: yeah, we've already, that's right. We've done Hulk. We've done Soup's Returns. Um,
0: Remember, it's got to be something that we normally would not review.
1: That's true. Can't, but we, I mean, yeah.
0: even if it is, it's fine. It's your birthday. You can, That's true. I it, do, all, could do All bets are off. All bets are birthday. off. <laughs> it's your birthday. Pick the movie. It's your birthday.
1: Let's do, let me see.
0: This dead air is sponsored by Audible. <laughs> Audible, just, where you just, can find thousands of audiobooks. But just cut
1: this out just cut this out um, I will. god making an audible joke what if audible wants to sponsor us at some point now you've just alienated <laughs> them <laughs> let's oh no i got it i got it i got it cuz we we, okay. we, we, we we talked about doing this one a couple times before okay. i mean whenever actually did it let's okay. do let's let's do the um, the live action masters of the universe oh my god <laughs>
0: Seriously? I'm, yes. I'm giving you a chance to back yes. out now.
1: No, let's do the live-action Masters of the Universe.
0: Okay, you guys. Absolutely. You heard it here. Steve wants to review the live-action Masters of the Universe with yes. Dolph Lundgren. Yes. And, and who else? Frank is Langella. The, uh, yeah, Frank Langella and um, the girl from, from Friends. Yeah. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil. Okay. Boy, what an all star cast. That's right.
1: Tom Paris in a He Man movie. Tom Paris
0: from Voyager. Yeah. So, hey, if you guys want to get all the jokes or find out why Steve's feelings are hurt suddenly. Then watch Masters of the Universe. I'm sure you can find it in your local dump. You just have yep. to dig down to 19, whatever it was. <laughs> you can,
1: and if you if you find it in a store, that's okay. You can steal it. They won't even care.
0: Yeah, that's true. Find the last blockbuster. I think it's in Oregon. I'm sure they have it. They'll give it to you for free.
1: Take it, take it, please.
0: <laughs> They'll be thankful for the space. <laughs> And that's it! Thank you guys for tuning in. For Late Seating, this is Jason Harding, and uh, see a movie this week.
1: And this is Steve Shives, and I know some of you are probably worried that, you know, we're reviewing a movie next time that that is one of my favorites, and if Jason doesn't like it, maybe me and Jason won't get along anymore. But I just want to reassure you, don't worry about that, because me and Jason are going to be friends Forever. Forever. Forever.
0: Steve, I have to tell you something. What is it? I, I don't think forever means what you think it means.
1: Forever. What yeah, does it you mean? Also,
0: you're saying it weird again.
1: Forever. That's what it means. That's how you say it.
0: What does it mean? Forever means for all time, right?
1: Like for all time, yeah.
0: Steve, we're celebrating your birthday.
1: Forever, yeah.
0: You're taking one step closer to the grave. What? Yeah, you're not just—you're just not turning forty. You're now in your forties. What are you talking once about? Once you do that,
1: yeah. So what? I still have a long time to go. I'm only halfway through. I'm like, mid- I'm not even—I'm not even middle age. Middle age doesn't start till you're forty-five. I'm—I'm I'm not. No. Go, oh, what?
0: what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm, How I'm, many, I'm. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Does uh-huh? it sound like? Rice Krispies when you get up in the morning. Oh God! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pat him on the back a little bit uh, digitally, of course. Uh, what happened in my life? Where'd it go? It's gonna be even better when you think back to the first time you saw Master of the Universe, the next time we come back to this show. <gasps> I was only seven. <laughs> oh my God! It's gonna be a great show. Yeah. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Root beer. The elixir of the gods, Root Beer, is. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) Quark. Fuck him. Fuck you, Quark. It's good. Shut up. Fuck you, I don't need your goddamn bug-eating opinion about my drink.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brush the fucking worms out of your teeth before you give me (laughs) advice on what kind of food I should be eating.
0: Clean your ears and get a manicure, you little toad. (laughs) Bring me my root beer. (laughs) You piece of shit. Oh, you Ferengis. Excuse me, sir. Um, we're supposed to be tolerant and... Uh, look at him! Ah, fuck him! <laughs> Watched him eat lunch and I nearly threw up and he's like, this yeah. Fuck you! The fucking
1: grub-eating little trolls. Fuck every last <laughs> goddamn one of them.
0: Let me ask you a question. You ever see a female Ferengi? No! Want to know why? They probably don't exist. That's why... <laughs> <laughs> Probably lay eggs. Is that what you do, Ferengi? They probably. i picking lay eggs. you up by your by your lapel. Is that what you do? You lay you egg laying bug eating freakazoid. <laughs> Why don't
1: you lay me an egg right now?
0: How could you not hear me with ears that big? It's a callback.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's quick, a callback. It's to Star Trek 3, Three. Remember? Come on. The fans love these Easter <laughs> eggs. That's all this shit is anymore. It's just a series it's of Easter. Not eggs. an
0: Easter egg <laughs> if it's hidden in plain sight. It's just an egg. It's just an egg. <laughs> All right. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding, produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rolling at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seeding is a listener supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seeding or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at wwwpatreoncom listen. And thanks for listening.